Ladies and gentlemen, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. This is the Today. It is Thursday, May 10th, 2018. I want to thank everyone for joining us. Thank you so much for your belief and your trust in us. Doug Hagman, Joe Hagman, something I like to call America's premier father, son, investigative reporting team, the Hagman Report. HagmanReport.com is our home base, airing 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time right here at Global Star Radio Network, YouTube, as well as Blog Talk Radio BTR. Um, a couple of things getting into tonight's program, of course. Bottom of the hour, we're going to have uh, Neil Monroe from the Daily Caller join us. It's going to be an incredible, absolutely incredible interview. And then Keith Hansen will be uh, joining us for the second hour. And the third hour is going to be open lines. So, open lines, open phone lines. We haven't done that in a long time. So, uh, line up. Long and time. Um, Yeah, I know. We'll give out the number yeah. later in the show. Yeah. Otherwise, it's unlisted to you. How's that? Uh, seriously, we'll, we're, and, and what we like to do is get, uh, um, you, please don't, you know, Thank us or anything like that. Let's go right to the meat of your call. Um, or if you have criticisms, you can do that, but, uh, uh, we appreciate, you know, that, but, but kind of let's, let's keep it really moving and keeping it, uh, um, keeping it going with respect to what's, you know, what's in the news today. A couple of things I want to start off with real quickly here after laying out the foundation for this show. By the way, tomorrow I'll be, uh, hosting the fourth hour of InfoWars. Sitting in for Alex Jones, hour number four, InfoWars, InfoWars.com, hour four tomorrow, Friday, May 11th. Now, you know, if, if you look at what was taking place in the, in the, in the geopolitical world, in the political world here in the United States, you've got Donald Trump, who is always, I mean, he's being attacked ever since day one, even before day one, he's been under attack. Have we taken inventory? Have we taken stock, stock of what Donald Trump has done, the wins for we the people there was an article with american thinker uh just recently about despite the media trump pulling down wins for we the people and the author notes that the that trump and we, we the people are winning the fake news media sells their lies 24 7 that essentially says that you know we the voters that we we were regretting the decision of uh having donald trump and um in, in truth, Donald Trump's approv- approval rating has climbed to 51%. And the liberal, lobotomized leftists, the progressive, the communists, actually, they're pulling their hair out in frustration, of course, screaming, how can we stop this freaking outsider, amateur politician? The tide is turning, folks, in our favor, of course. The deep state's billions, the traps, lies that continue to fail. Incredibly, Donald Trump is uh, landing on his feet all the time. Confidently pressing forward, and I think that we can see that, despite the opposition, despite the shadow government deep state opposition. At the 2018 White House Correspondents' Dinner, which was just a miserable uh, failure, and and certainly Exhibit A in the human court of immorality and the pigsty, that is Hollywood, that is the late-night comedians, um, the pigsty that is the, and these are my words now, not American thinkers or anything like that, but the pigsty that is the, 
the corporate mass media, these so-called entertainers from The View to Saturday Night Live to these stand-up uh, late-night comedians from Jimmy Kimmel to Colbert to the, the most despicable of them all, the uh, Queen Bee of the degenerates, Samantha Bee. But at the White House Correspondents' Dinner, we saw Michelle Wolf, uh uh, wrongly assuming that her hateful attacks on Donald Trump and the women in his administration, along with her callousness against unborn babies. I mean, did you see back in the, in the correspondence center, the, the callous nature? Now, this really got to me personally because as I just looked at, I looked at someone's very close to me, a, 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 um, a sonogram of an unborn fetus at 22 weeks. Unborn baby, I'm sorry, at 22 weeks. See? It, it, and to think the cavalier attitude of, of such despicable uh, hags and, and windbags like uh, Michelle Wolf, but the callousness of unborn children would score a home run for liberalism. Even the most uh, devout communist, writes the author now back at American Thinker, were uncomfortable with her vomiting this pure hatred for traditional Americans for all the world to see. And isn't that true? Wolf's foul-mouthed, mean-spirited monologue hit a home run for conservatism. That's why we like to say, let them talk. Let them talk. You've got uh, pop icon Kanye West recent conservative comments and praise for Donald Trump. Huge. 27 million followers on Twitter. Millions of blacks heard conservatives, uh, conservatism for the first time. Since Kanye's conservative tweet, black male approval of Trump has doubled in this since Kanye's message mirrors the authors in this case. Stop weakening yourselves with victim mindsets. Make right choices and simply go for your dreams. That's the American way, by the way. And liberate yourselves from slavery on the government's democratic dependency plantation. In Trump and Cain, God is using unexpected vessels to spread his truth. And this is a message to the so-called self-proclaimed, self-professed pastors and ministers of the truth and the uh, the self-professed righteous Christians out there. Let me read that again. In Donald Trump and Kanye West, I'm sorry, Cain, Kanye West, God is using unexpected vessels to spread his truth. Isn't that the truth? So as far as I'm concerned, the the, the so-called self-professed ministers, pastors, prophets, whatever they might call themselves at any given time, shut up. Kanye represents a huge crack in the left's wall of ignorance enslaving low-info voters. And it was interesting to hear and thrilling, as a matter of fact, to hear Donald Trump announce that the United States will withdraw from the nuke deal, and he did just that. Trump pulled no punches in explaining why Obama's appeasing Iran will or was dangerous from the beginning. And in fact, uh, as Greg Hunter pointed out, it was no deal at all. And it's interesting how we see that Israel is despised leftist Trump having the courage to acknowledge Jerusalem as the capital of Israel and actually moving the embassy when the other feckless leaders would not. That's something of a win. And the leftist liberal lobotomized communists, you know, um, they're not, they don't get it. Uh, not, not, not even close. We must remember that regarding Israel, God said, I will bless those who bless you, bless you, and whoever curses you, I will, I will curse. Genesis 12, verse 3. Now you've got a, 
Uh, the article itself, by the way, at American Thinker, despite the media Trump pulling down wins for we the people, despite the fact that uh, he's constantly under attack, you've got to read the, the, the fact that we are winning in many areas and Donald Trump is landing on his feet against all odds. The second thing I have before opening the entire show up, this is kind of my monologue, if you will. I want to ask a question to everyone out there. Why in the world isn't Michael Avanti in jail? I see these losers on Twitter. I see these losers on Twitter. And by, 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 I, let me say that, let me say that again. I see these losers on Twitter. And, and losers you are, who are retweeting this, uh, oh my gosh, we got them now. Stormy Daniels, you know, we got them right by the, by the short ones. Right. Porn star. Now there's something for your resume. Porn star, Stormy Daniels. Eric the Tech is Buck, uh, Buck Naked, I guess. He goes by Buck Naked, but we won't go there. But porn star, uh, Stormy Daniels, a lawyer. Michael of, uh, Avenet, Avenatti. He's covered, uh, television screens across America. He claims his exposure, of course, is the reason he was able to get his hands on the purloined. Yes, purloined. And for those on the left coast, that means stolen. Bank records of, uh, Cohen's, or uh, President Trump's lawyer, Michael Cohen, as well as bank records of several other Michael Cohen's. Whoops. My mistake. Gee, same last name. You gotta know how to read the database printout, by the way. And I, I touched on that this morning with respect to, in my morning show, with respect to, uh, the database. Uh, are you, when, when, you, when you receive information, you've gotta be able to, to vet that information in a specific manner. If you don't know how to do so, you make, you make yourself look like an idiot. And that's exactly what this, uh, Michael Avenetti did. And the or Treasury I, Department. Audi did. Yeah. Launched an investigation through their inspector general on the source of those leaks. So hopefully something will come of that. And, uh, also, Evan, Evan Audi has access and had published some of Michael Cohen's emails. Well, which but, is another but, but separate matter. The background of this guy. Look, just by having the information he had, he should be cuffed, his rights read to him, charged, tossed in, in, in jail, and then made to go through the process. This guy has stolen material. Period. And they should, there should be an investigation as to find out where they got it, where he got it. Because believe me, if any one of us as conservatives would, would have, oh, let's say in the interest of, of our country, um, Barack Hussein Obama's, uh, Barry Satoro's real ID papers, of course, we'd be tossed in jail. But more than that, when you look in, in his past, he's actually got a long time record of sleaze and shadiness. As and and if an investigative report, which uh, ran in the Seattle Times a month ago, is correct, it looks like he's the sort of guy who absolutely belongs in jail. This again, according to a, a blog post at the American Thinker. But since his investment firm bought bankrupt Tully's Coffee for nine point one five million dollars at auction five years ago. Avenatti's uh, company has been named in more than 50 state and federal legal complaints, including commercial lawsuits, breach of lease actions, and warrants for unpaid taxes, according to court records. All the while, Tully's has shattered 
or shuttered uh, store after store from Everett to, uh, to Bellevue to Tacoma to Seattle all across the Pacific Northwest and beyond with employees just out of jobs, landlords left unpaid, customers holding new or now seemingly worthless loyalty cards. Item one on the Seattle Times list that follows is unpaid taxes, $5 million worth. Unpaid taxes, $5 By Avenetti? Yeah. Why were they unpaid? Because he took the cash from the Tully's operation last year to retain lawyers for his California law firm, uh, law firm's unrelated bankruptcy. So naturally, he was the opposite of a creator of value. Store after store shuttered because of his thievery. And there it is. So you're a loser, Michael Avenatti. You're a loser and you're a thief and you should be in jail. Have we gotten to the, uh, as the question is on Drudge today, who is paying for him? Apparently it's not Stormy Daniels, and this article on the Hill asked that question, who is paying his legal bills today? But you said that there's a $5 million tax burden on him. I mean, so this is, uh, you have the leaks, you have the unpaid taxes, anything else in that scale, yeah. uh, closet full of scale? Well, a number of things. Uh, the Seattle Times can confirm it, uh, confirm if the State Bar of California is investigating this guy, but it wouldn't be surprising if it were, because he meanwhile attacked credibility of people suing him. And as the Times noted, did not provide specifics, uh, he didn't provide specifics, nor did he publicly hound, uh, hound properly all, uh, answer all questions that the Times put in front of him. In other words, he, he didn't, he, so, I mean, no one should be surprised this guy represents such stellar clients as, uh, Stormy Daniels, the porn star. Again, uh, such a great thing to have on your resume. So, the, the background of, of Michael, Avenatti should be investigated. And I laugh at these so-called conservative idiots out there. And I use that term, when I say idiot, I'm going by the definition of that word um, on Twitter. You know, these so-called uh, self-righteous uh, silhouetted journalists who who uh, are self-proclaimed journalists who are, are you know, praising his, his fine work and, uh, you know, uplifting people like him and, and uh, uh Oh my goodness, that Ali, Yashir Ali, that, uh, another, another kook out there in the mainstream media. And, and, and so many others like him. But see, th- th- this is where we're at today now. We've got a, a whole laundry list of wins, victories by Donald Trump. No one's talking about it. You know why no one's talking about it? Because everyone wants to take him down. Everyone wants to take him down, even from, from the obvious lunatic left, liberal, communist, to the, uh, many on the right, of course, the never Trumpers, the the, uh, the the not so right right, and then of course that element within the Christian community or self or self proclaimed Christian community, including some pastors who said Trump, you know, Trump he's the, basically the Antichrist. So you've got all of these people, and people listen to to them, and they call us fake news and porn brokers and what have you. Uh, well, I'm tired of it, and I'm telling you right now, we are going to start proclaiming the victories. We're going to embrace the victories, and if it comes to it. I saw a sign, by the way, there's a, there's a billboard sign, um, and I don't recall where it was, but essentially it was, you know, you want a civil war, you're going to get it. And, uh, this is from some leftist boob out there, alright? So, you know, we've got guns too, is, is the, the phrase. You know, they probably never shot them, or if they, but the bottom line is we're, 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 we are really fixing for a civil war in this country, and that's as plain as I can be. The ideological divides, multiple divides, uh, the racial divides, the, uh, but specifically that ideological divide. Marxism is being pushed upon us. Socialism, of course, we were, we were just, uh, you know, a hair's breadth away from, 
being put into uh, either a socialist or a communist presidency by by virtue of Sanders or Clinton. Of course, Clinton you know stole the election from Sanders. So all of that said, just to be perfectly upfront with you, the left out there wants and, and is pining for a war because they cannot win by any other means. And lastly, and I said as I've said this before, and I'll say this again: if you think that that we are that, that we are encumbered by any set of rules right now, you're wrong. This is not a boxing match where boxing rules apply. This is a street fight. The problem with conservatives, the problem with uh, the people out there that uh, are that represent the good in society, want to play by the rules. Meanwhile, the left, the progressives, the communists, they're not playing by the rules. They don't have any rules. The, the, any rules that they do have would be more more than likely the rules for radicals, Alinsky's rule for, rules for radicals, which, despite the uh, d- despite the most obscure people out there who believe that, that, you know, that was 50 years ago and it doesn't apply today, of course, the tactics don't change. The tactics don't change. The objectives do, but the main objective doesn't. The tactics don't change and it's it's a street fight question is are you going to engage which side are you on and of of course this is a spiritual battle as well we have to make sure that we're on god's side otherwise god's not going to be on our side so i'm not saying believe me i i, I i'm saying i'm understanding that this is a spiritual battle too we better make sure that we're that we're on god's side and uh, I admire people. I've, I've got to say this one last thing. When you look at the people in the network of the alternative media, there's a split going on in alternative media. I spoke spoke about that uh, this past Sunday. Very concerned about what's taking place with the alternative media. And this is where I, I certainly believe that we have to be very dis- discerning as to who we follow, who we listen to, and uh we meaning us in the alternative media as well. We only have twenty four hours in the day, you and I. All of us do. Unless you've got another way, let me know and I'd like to employ that tactic uh here. <laughs> but time uh, travel. You know, yeah, well yeah. But see, uh the fact that you are tuned into this broadcast, we appreciate that. We never want to squander your time. We appreciate the fact that you listen and view us more than you know and we take that responsibility uh, in sobriety with a very sober attitude this is why and I'll say this in closing in Occupy 2018 in the conference in Ohio meeting so many wonderful people Coach Dave Dobmeyer what a, what, a, what a great tremendous coach America's coach and organizer boots on the ground from the hurricanes and floods in Texas and the south to the storms he's there the, the the fight against the uh, murderous abortion mills, the the infant killing mills, he's there. To the homosexual against that, he's there. He and his team. So God bless that man. We need to support Coach Dave Dobmeyer, uh, CoachDaveLive.com, and that's from my heart because we need boots on the ground because simply we can win on the numbers. We have to understand that, but we can't win if we don't play. And if we don't play, then that's a decision engaging. That's a decision that you make. So my message to everyone today is get it right because wars are coming. 
and it's it's going to get very ugly out there. And that and that is my opening statement. <laughs> we still got six minutes left. No, I, I uh, got some things we can get into. Some things, uh, so, some information on Michael Avenetti, as we have from the Hill here in this piece. Who is paying Avenetti? He's been giving it, given a free, unfettered media perch on TV to spread his stuff without the networks, forcing him to meet any any disclosure requirements, saying that he is Daniel's attorney when somebody else is paying for this operation is not true disclosure that allows the viewer to evaluate the source and potential conflicts. He is now being giving difference as though he is a journalist interested in protecting unverified sources while he makes headline-grabbing pronouncements. Lawyers need to disclose the source of their evidence. Also, uh, especially somebody who's on TV constantly with an agenda, hammering, trying to hammer the president, uh, that needs to be transparent. We need to understand who's paying him and what the motivation of the person who is, is paying him for. Because really, what's the difference between the dossier that was used against President Trump and what Michael Avendetti is doing? You have foreign, uh, or unknown donors, possibly foreign, with political motivations paying for this Avendetti to continue to go on TV giving him information, classified information from government sources. You know, I just want to say this. You you and I I slaughter last names. It's Avenatti, I guess. Avenatti. Avenatti. Let's say it together. Avenatti. Okay. Avenatti. So, yeah, I mean, this whole thing is backfiring on the left. And I just want to highlight a tweet from CNN that came out yesterday. From their own poll, from their own words, this is at CNN, the Democrats' 2018 advantage is nearly gone, according to a new CNN poll. And uh, I favored this on, on Twitter. The first comment, keep saying Stormy Daniels 100 times per day. Genius, pure genius, with a uh, a ratings arrow going straight down. And that's a, the, uh, actually, that is exactly right. You know, the CNN's focusing on all the wrong things. And now, apparently, with uh, them continuing to hammer President Trump on North Korea, when the American people approve of what he's doing, they're really digging the Democratic candidates in this upcoming midterm election a hole. Also, I don't know how many people saw this. Chuck Schumer and others are saying that the return of the is damaging to America. And then we have an NBC News anchor, Haley Jackson, calling the release of U.S. prisoners choreographed and staged in an attempt to discredit Mike Pompeo. I just want to say this. I was up. I watched that live. Was I that, had, that I happened had right at 2 a.m. like they said? It was, uh, I wasn't watching the time. I don't know. It was, it, okay. There was a big thunderclap. Anyway, there was a big thunderclap. 2.50 a.m. Yeah. That, that, right before it. And, and, and my wife was, said, what was that? And I, I don't know. And I think somebody shelled the house. Anyway, we, I got up and, uh, so anyway, bottom line is I watched that. And I, I and I'm not gonna, I'm gonna tell you right now, Joe, I had a tear in my eye. Well, that, that's good. And I have yeah. read many comments from uh, people saying their fathers who were war veterans who watched it were, were crying and were proud that President Trump is the president and is doing what he's doing. And, uh, you know, for Chuck Schumer to say basically what in the context of what he was saying is negotiating with terrorists is not U.S. policy. And by 
negotiating with North Korea and Kim Jong Un, it's equivalent to negotiating with terrorists. Therefore, it is uh, damaging to our country. Talking again, any and every excuse to attempt to to badger the president. But one thing a lot of people are not talking about that I have seen some interesting info from the Gateway pundit and also on Twitter is that the there is some speculation from former and retired FBI agents about the upcoming Inspector General report. And one person's name, who is a retired FBI agent, James Gagliano, says that he left the Bureau in 2015. And he says to buckle up, because the IG report will be very damning. In fact, his sources are saying it is worse than expected, saying that the... Sources with knowledge of the impending DOJ report confirm it will be fairly damning indictment of the FBI's seventh floor during the Comey era. And there's a possibility that James Comey himself, after this report drops, might be facing some kind of criminal charges along the lines of leaking classified information. And he's not the only one, but they don't go on to speculate any further as to who else might be uh, implicated criminally by this IG report. But when is this going to be released? This article from the deal with that, except for uh, saying that this was supposed to be out in mid-May, so expect it any time. Also, other sources are saying they're still putting together this report on the investigation into the FBI and DOJ's handling of the Hillary Clinton email investigation. So... Some fireworks coming from the Attorney General's office. It can't come soon enough. You know, Joe, I, I did a, I did a timeline on the on the Hillary Clinton email investigation two 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 programs ago on the Hagman Doug Hagman radio show. The only reason I mentioned that is because of the backdrop, Paul Combetta, how how he figures in the fact that there are two servers too, count them too. But go ahead. I, Do you, I want to ask you this? Do you think the president can use the IG report? Can use the foreign policy win in North Korea to launch? An assault against the Democrats in the 2018 midterm elections? Oh, uh, do you think I, this, I think I think so. Sure, sure. They should uh, if, if strategize this release. To yeah, you know, maximum damage. Honestly, if they don't exploit, uh, look, if they're not going to arrest and indict, indict and arrest or whatever, you know, let's exploit it. This report, and, and it's interesting you mentioned that because there's a contact that you and I both know that I, I had a conversation with earlier this morning, who said. I guarantee to you. I'm just saying this is what he said. I guarantee to you. This will blank the progressives. Good. So, okay. It's about time that that happens. And, uh, so, you know, we're going to see in the last piece on Breitbart here, CNN's May ratings are already collapsing by 20 plus percent compared to Fox News and MSNBC who are, uh, uh gaining or up for the month. And we saw also, Peter Chalka talked about this, that CNN's best-rated show doesn't even come close to Fox News' worst-rated show. That was reported by the Washington Times earlier this week. We will be right back after this short break. Don't go anywhere on this Thursday edition of the Hagman Report. Welcome back to this edition of the Hagman Report. It is Thursday, May 10th, 2018. Uh, coming up, Neil Monroe, 
I don't want to infringe or impose upon his time. Neil Monroe is a guy I've been following, and we here at the Hagman Ray is a Washington, D.C. political reporter for Breitbart and a former White House correspondent for the Daily Caller. He's a native of Ireland. And Neil has been an American since 2001 and has worked at Laura Ingram's Life Zet. Defense News, Washington Technology, and National Journal. He's a bright guy. And he's a very well-informed guy. And as a guy that we need, all of us need now, today, to listen to and to read. As a matter of fact, his, uh, one of his most, uh, 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 one of his most recent columns, I just want to make sure I had that, that date right, uh, from yesterday. The Republicans or the GOP's DACA push is lunacy or faker experts. And this piece is an important piece because we, look, in America we are being invaded. This is an absolute invasion. I was speaking with Peter Chalke yesterday, and um, he was talking about Chula Vista and about the actual takeover of Chula Vista, California. And he, as he explained what was going on there, I, you know, it, it's just incredible to me to hear the change in the fabric of of one American community. But this is happening all over the country. I contend that the intent by the people walking in the shadows of power is to balkanize America. By the way, we are the United States of America, 50 states, 50 independent entities, if you will. But that said, we still have a common moral heritage border language and culture as a unified collective of, of, of states. But this recent DACA push that the never, really the never Trumpers and the, again, we've, you know, it's easy to identify uh, a lunatic progressive communist. It's easy by their words. It's easy. But when you get a, so-called conservative, even if we want to use the word Republican, although that's antiquated, my goodness, it's almost as if you're either, well, it is as if, in my view, you are either a conservative with a capital C, or you are a progressive slash communist in every other sense of, in every sense of the word. There's no middle ground anymore. But uh, Neil Monroe's column, and this this appears at uh, Breitbart.com yesterday, GOP's DACA pushes lunacy or fakery, says immigration, say immigration experts. It it really gets into a lot, and I hope to lead off with that with Neil. Let me know. Let us know. Where we have him. Oh, we do have yep. him. Okay. Again, uh, he's a Washington, uh, uh, D.C. political reporter for Breitbart.com former White House correspondent for the Daily Caller. He's from Ireland, a man that I really suggest everyone, everyone in our listening and viewing audience really follows. He is writing, is right on the money. I agree with him uh, virtually 100%.
and we are so glad to welcome uh, Mr. Neil Monroe. Sir, welcome to the Agma Report. Uh, boy, your sound is really low, sir. Okay, okay, keep going. Okay, all right. Yeah, no, no. everything's great. Okay, all right. Okay. Your your call from yesterday, GOP pushes lunacy or fakery. Can we start there? Because I, what an incredible expose of the agenda of the uh, of the people who want this DACA issue. And, and we've got this article right here, and I would urge everyone to, to access it at Breitbart.com. Can we start there? And what are your thoughts on this? Well, okay. So we've had an election in 2016 uh, over immigration and labor and wages and such like, and it was won by the public uh, over the elites. And basically, what we have now is that the GOP guys are constantly trying to relitigate this by every way, which way they can. Every time they lose, they just send their lobbyists back to work. And the latest tactic they're doing now is they're collecting enough, a majority of signatures in the House, which allows them to bypass the House Speaker and the GOP leadership to hold a vote on the floor of the House. That's called a discharge petition. And uh, that won't pass an amnesty by itself because of... But they're going to pass a particular kind of rule called a Queen of the Hill rule that would allow legislators... That would allow them to stage a debate with four options. And the way this trick would work is... They would hold, um, they would stage the four options, and the first one, two of them would not be important at all. The first, the most important one would be a bill that would help Americans. Probably the Goodlatte bill, which is a compromise measure, includes lots of benefits for business too. So, all the Democrats would vote against the Goodlatte measure. Most of the Republicans would vote for the Goodlatte measure, but it wouldn't pass. Then the Democrats would say, okay, time to vote our for our amnesty. All the Democrats would vote for that. Most Republicans would vote against. But you'd have a small number of Republicans who would switch sides and vote for the Democratic amnesty. Then all the Republicans could go back to their voters the next day and say, hey, I voted for the, uh, the, the pro-American Goodlatte bill, but somehow the amnesty bill got through the House. I'll never work out how that happened. But hey, vote for me because I voted for Goodlatte. It's a kind of a scam which was designed to get an amnesty bill through while allowing Republicans to tell their voters, no, I voted against it. That's not the end of the scam. It's not clear if the GOP leadership are trying hard to stop this discharge petition and the resulting Queen of the Hill vote. It may be, in fact, that House Speaker Ryan is using the threat of a discharge petition and that Queen of the Hill vote to force Trump, President Trump, into signing a bad immigration bill. And the bad immigration bill is fairly simple. It's an amnesty bill for the DACA people, age to uh, 40, plus some token border security measures. Now, the border security measures would involve lots of cash, lots of decorative, symbolic cash. The cash wouldn't do anything at all. It would build pointless walls in unimportant areas and be spent on overtime and salaries or buying helicopters or sensors, none of which would lead to any arrests 
any detentions, any penalties for border crossers. And so the feds would, in effect, spend a pile of money on the border wall, which would do nothing to stop migration, while okaying an amnesty for millions more people. Moreover, the amnesty bill wouldn't include any reforms that would slow or reduce asylum, that would, that would allow easier deportion, deportations, or, and most importantly, that would set, that would stop chain migration. Chain migration is really important because if you allow, say, 3 million people to get an, a quick amnesty under DACA, they will reasonably get citizenship in 5, 7, 10 years, and then they will do the obvious thing, start bringing in their relatives. Their relatives will be banging on their doors. Their relatives will be calling from El Salvador and Guatemala and Mexico, let me come up too. That way we'd have chain migration of several million more people. And so a reasonable guess is, if you do a migration, if you do an amnesty for 3 million, you're going to end up with 10 million more Democratic voters about 15 years later. So if you want to keep your country, don't do amnesties. Don't do Queen of the Hills. Don't do discharge petitions. So what's really going on? It looks like it's an alliance of the GOP's business first faction, plus the Democrats bringing in more cheap labor for business and bringing in more future voters for the Democrats. This has been done before in 1986, 1990 or so, there was 1996, another bill. And basically, this is the kind of cheap labor for Democratic votes bill that's kept Americans' wages down for 20, 30 years. It's allowed Democrats to advance all across the country. That's created a massive level of diversity and social conflict. And that social conflict keeps Americans from organizing to push politicians one way or the other. The diversity, I've long struggled to explain what diversity is. And in the end, the simplest description, it's divide and rule. Democrats and business guys bring in more and more diverse people. And then they say to the Americans, oh God, Americans, you're so divided. We can't really tell what you want. So we're going to give you what we, we think you deserve, which is more cheap labor, more diversity. And so it's weirdly true. This, I've been covering this issue now for about 10 years. And every day is important. Because at any stage, Democrats mm-hmm. in business can pass another massive bill, keeping wages down and stealing the future from ordinary Americans. This bill, this cause has kept me employed for years. I'm an Irish immigrant. I'm happy to pay off my green card, my citizenship, whacking these moles. Because it's so important. Because I'm free to do it. Because Breitbart pays me to do it. And so now I'm going to have to whack this mole again because there are many ways to do reasonable immigration. But bringing in another wave of cheap labor, diversity immigrants, to is not the best way to handle this problem. V- very well said. And our guest, folks, if you're just joining us, is Neil Monroe. Follow him on Twitter at Neil Monroe DC. I've got to tell you, uh, in terms of being in immigration 
an alien invasion specialist, shall we say, or or a specialist in this topic. He is one of the, the finest, I believe. That's Neil Mon- at Neil Monroe, D.C., and, of course, writer at Breitbart and uh, a uh, former White House correspondent for the Daily Caller. Joe, I know you had a question. Yeah, I just want to highlight in Neil's latest article, titled The Amnesty Discharge Petition Gains Ryan Urges Bipartisan DACA Deal. It it summarizes it nicely, and adding to what you said, Neil, it says the process would lead to passage of the worst amnesty bill ever. It would exclude vital reforms such as mandatory e-verify, curbs on sanctuary cities, border reforms, and exclude economic migrants and reforms to block legal visitors from overstaying their visas, he said, uh, quoting uh, one of the... Uh, lawmakers. Now, I want to ask you this. You mentioned that these lawmakers continue to try to push push an agenda that is uh, completely opposite of what the American people voted for in the 2016 election. We're seeing this in the UK with Brexit. The people voted for Brexit. The uh, lawmakers continue to try to get take the people back out of that. And the same thing with Donald Trump. Immigration was one of the first and foremost issues he ran on. Now we're seeing these people continue to try to push this amnesty bill Without any border security solutions, what is the options of the American people to do when the lawmakers are going against what their wishes are? First thing we have to do is take the kids out to baseball games. And then they have to sleep and get dinner and work and do all their normal stuff. And it's very difficult because while Americans are managing their lives every day, the lobbyists get up in the morning, go to bed, and spend every hour of every day looking for ways to squeeze another amnesty through whatever lesser crap they can. It is, to keep your country requires eternal vigilance. And it's preposterous that this stuff should happen. But I've got a theory for that. Basically, a lot of politics consists of narrow little groups pushing for advantages. And a narrow immigration bill generates a colossal amount of money and power for the winners. Let me, here's a simple way to do it. Roughly one in in seven Americans, 14%, are immigrants, okay? Now, I love immigrants, including the illegal ones. Like, they work hard. They shouldn't be here, but I'm not going to be mean to them. But what does this mean to property prices? The property prices your children are going to pay for their houses are huge, in part, because the federal government brings in all this cheap labor. Now, so who who's gaining from this property, higher property prices? Well, older people, investors, property owners. So basically what immigration does, it transfers wealth from young Americans to old wealthy Americans. That's the process. It's a gigantic system for extracting money from young Americans. I think it's a rotten thing. It's a terrible thing. You can make a, a good argument for some level of immigration. It makes sense to bring in some people from abroad. Sometimes people have skills. Sometimes they have useful attitudes. Sometimes they do work that other people don't want to do. Sometimes there are brides and bridegrooms, like in my case, I'm a bridegroom of the Cold War. But this level of immigration brings in one million people a year, even as, 40, as four million Americans start out in life to get good jobs. That scale of immigration is huge. So every time four Americans turn 18, the federal government brings in another immigrant from abroad to keep wages down, to push rents higher. It's a colossal, huge, vast interference in the normal free market economy. 
and it's done for the benefit of Wall Street and investors, employers. So there's a calculation done in 2016 by the National Academy of Sciences. They put out this 500-page report, and they bury this calculation deep inside it. I found it, as usual. And basically, it says, under with current levels of immigration, roughly after you pay taxes, sales taxes, property taxes, federal income taxes, fair enough, all that buys a very important, useful society, buys cops and defense and parks. But you also pay 5% tax because of immigration. Basically, wages are cut by roughly 5 because there's so much 5% because there's so much extra labor forcing down wages. This helps explain why the stock market has gone much higher, much faster than wages. Why Americans' income are flat and the stock market has gone high. There's a proper compromise in there somewhere. But to keep that compromise, Americans have to constantly fight against these radical people who wish to import massive numbers of people. And Americans showed this. They demonstrated this decisively in 2016. But, of course, Democrats are determined to ignore this, so they invent all sorts of theories why Americans uh, vote in 2016. But the obvious one is simple. Americans want their kids to do well, and they don't like the way the federal government is using immigration to undermine wages and drive up real estate prices. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this, Neil. Jeff Sessions has not been one of the favorite picks in the Trump administration for a number of reasons. Uh, first and foremost, the continuing to allow this political witch hunt, the Russia investigation, to move forward in his recusal. But a lot of people also have a different viewpoint on Jeff Sessions from the immigration point of view. What did you say? Would you say he has been helpful to Trump's anti-illegal immigration plans? Or has he gotten more in the way than uh, he's done good for this agenda? Well, multiple things can be true. You can argue separately he should have moved earlier to head off these investigations. Fine. But there's no evidence to argue against the fact that he's been very effective in constricting illegal immigration. Right. I mean, Washington's like one of these Hydra monsters without, you know, a hundred arms and legs. And Sessions is in there fighting more or less on his own because McConnell and the Democrats have approved very few deputies for Sessions. And so he's very, very busy writing this, fixing that, closing this loophole. For example, one of his jobs is to head the immigration courts. So in between all the other stuff he's doing, he's acting as like the chief judge of the immigration courts, which means he has to personally get an aid and himself sign off on legal documents uh, that narrow uh, the loopholes on the border. And these legal documents have to be done well enough that judges in the, the federal judges okay them. And for example, one of the things he's doing is he's writing rules that say mm, just like he's reversing rules set up by the Obama guys who, for example, said if you're a Central American woman and you claim discriminate, and you claim your husband used to beat you up. Well, that classifies you as a group called women who are beaten by their husbands, and that particular group gets automatically asylum in the U.S. They did this. They actually the Obama people actually wrote these gigantic loopholes in the law. Another one they did was, if you're suffering from gang violence, you're a that means you can get asylum in this country. Well, Sessions is reversing those. 
he's doing lots of other things too and uh, so he's been quite successful given his limited power and, and authority to do this and all the time he does it in the context of deep democratic hostility and republican ambivalence there are very few republicans in the senate who fully support the Trump agenda basically a couple of senators Tom Cotton being one of them most of the Republican senators are trying to duck and dodge and when the vote when they're forced to vote they typically arrange it so that uh, Trump's proposals fail by a narrow margin uh, while they're pretending to support it so no regardless of what Sessions has or has not done on the investigations he's been very valuable to the administration on the labor, wage, and immigration agenda. And you, you made a fantastic, uh, you had a great tweet a couple of days ago. Uh, by the way, tw- uh, 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 Neil Monroe's Twitter, uh, feed is, or Twitter, uh, Twitter presence, at Neil Monroe, M-U-N-R-O-D-C. But on, uh, what it was, uh, yeah, two days ago, AG Sessions shutting the floor as a loophole by, used by cartels and illegal migrants. And I had no idea what that was, and I started reading about it from from your your work, and I'm thinking, wow, yeah, this is what we need. And and it's unfortunate that that um, not enough people you, you are, but not enough people are actually talking about this. And there it is up on the screen. So thank you for doing that. Uh, so, so you're on top of everything, and um, the, this must. Washington. I'm sorry. Washington is, that's the thing about Washington. Washington is designed by clever people to make things as complicated as possible in order so that ordinary people shrug their shoulders and the special interests can quietly trade favors to each other. I mean, when I started out covering this immigration beat, I used to cover science. I I covered information technology, telephones, if you remember them. Uh, And I've done a lot of complicated stuff. But this is the most complicated beat with the most tangled agendas and the most obfuscation and deception I've ever dealt with. The sheer complexity is designed by the participants to hide what they're doing, to evade public oversight. You constantly, you say, you constantly have to, when covering this area, you constantly have to say, okay, that seems simple, but what does that word mean? What are the exemptions? What are the divides? What are the loopholes? And you discover this is some sort of infinite rabbit warren of holes and escape hatches where it's just extremely difficult to stop illegal immigrants. And so one of the things that Sessions is doing is he's going through this rabbit warren, closing down the loopholes one after the other. It's very difficult, especially when Congress is hostile to this. If Congress... People in Congress, their staffers, they gain enormously by doing favors for business. Exactly. And for you, by the way, I think, folks, that was the soundbite of the show, what Neil Monroe said about the complexity. I don't think people really appreciate the complexity. And if anyone should know, Mr. Monroe should know, um, given his status, and of course, and, and as well his work with uh, the Daily Caller and now for Breitbart, and of course, all of his, uh, uh, all his past past experience and, and, and coming from Ireland. And Neil, we got two two minutes left. I want to ask you this: you, you made a comment about aides working for Jeff Sessions 
not being confirmed or appointed by the Senate. We know that um, the uh, many Trump appointments are being delayed and whatnot. But what's going on with uh, Jeff Sessions trying to get people under him, not that process being slowed down or whatever? I have not heard anything on that. Well, basically, uh, excuse me, basically anybody who is elected and serves like a cabinet member will have 5, 10, 15 deputies. And these deputies um, often are appointed by the president but but have to be confirmed by the Senate. And what the Democrats are doing is they're doing as much as possible to slow down the confirmation of these deputies. And the Republicans are doing not much at all. McConnell is doing very little to accelerate them. He's not trying to threaten any of the Democrats on this. And so basically uh, Sessions gets into the Justice Department with very few aides. And the aides are not merely there to work. You need aides to sign documents. You need the Deputy Assistant Secretary to sign documents on lower priority issues. Sessions can himself can sign off on all documents, but he doesn't have time to check them and sign them. And so the more deputies and aides he has, the more work he can get done. But this is part of the massive resistance by Washington to Trump's agenda. They're simply limiting the amount of work that can be done by Trump's people by limiting the number of deputies. And so far, McConnell and his swamp aides have been reasonably successful in slowing Trump down. And that's and this huge fight is not going to be won in one election. America was like climbing a mountain. You first had to win a prime. No, you first had to find a candidate, then win a primary, then win lots of primaries, then win the election. And you think just because you win the election, it looks like you climb the mountain. No, all you've done is you've climbed little hills and you see the next mountain. The next mountain is a couple more fights away. The midterm election is a big fight. If Republicans and populists win the midterm election, it'll be a, it'll show the direction of the country. If Trump gets reelected, it will allow Trump and his eventual deputies to really set their policy in motion. Absolutely Amen. right. Amen. Neil Monroe, our guest. Wow. And that is, uh, Breitbart. You can find him. Neil Monroe, thank you so much for joining us. Hope you can come yeah, back. Please come back. I'd be delighted. Oh, okay. All right. Wow. We are out Great. of time. We'll be right back after these short messages. Don't go anywhere. of the Hagman Report. Today is Thursday. We are in hour number two, and we're going to be joined by Keith Hansen. He's got his new show. You can go to my Twitter feed, at Joe Hagman, or you can go to at Robertson John and see the latest of Keith Hansen's show, YCN News Vermont Rap with Keith Hansen. It's also on YouTube, and you can catch that episode uh, just from the other day. Keith, it's great to have you back on the show. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Great to be back. Can't believe it's Thursday already. Just amazing. I know. Uh, the yeah, are just flying by. Well, uh, I'll tell you what. Especially when when you, <laughs> when do you sleep? Uh, do you sleep? Uh, uh, usually sometime around between eleven and eleven and three thirty. Okay, because obviously you've got. I mean, you're operating on a, uh, just an incredible schedule here. 
Thank tell God us. For, thank God for cold brew coffee. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, you too, huh? Oh yes. Oh yeah. That, yeah, that's uh, that stuff is just rocket fuel. It's great. Yeah, it, it is. Fuels you up. Gives you gives you the caffeine kick you need to get yep. you going in the morning or keep going at night. So, and I'm a non-compensated spokesperson. So. Yeah. Well, it's. <laughs> well, well, well t- tell. I, I, I'm curious. You're you're now uh, you've got a face for both radio and TV. This is great. Tell us about your adventure. All right. So I uh, yeah I've had a couple of of TV projects that have been in the works. I filmed a couple of pilots for uh, Mark Levin CRTV. I've been working with a couple of national executive producers and show creators. <clears throat> a couple of things that uh, you know we're kind of ironing out right now. But there was an opportunity uh, to do something a little more immediate. So YCN is uh, it's an acronym for Yankee Communications Network. They broadcast in upstate New York, uh, about forty percent of New York. Uh, New York State, upstate primarily, um, all of the state of Vermont and the western 50% of the state of New Hampshire. So pretty good presence in, uh, in, in New Hampshire. They came to me and they said, listen, you know, there is absolutely no conservative programming in the state of Vermont whatsoever. They're putting a lot of money into the infrastructure, their towers, everything. They're, they're covered on every, everything from terrestrial, you know, over the air channels to, uh, direct TV, dish network, Comcast, Spectrum, uh, you know, everybody. Um, and so they said, you know, May is sweeps month. It's ratings month. So what we want to do is we want to run a four week pilot, uh, to see what kind of numbers we get for a conservative weekly news in review and commentary program. And I said, sure, I'm your huckleberry, because conservative programming in the state of Vermont isn't really an opportunity to kick the hornet's nest. It's an opportunity to take a big old Louisville slugger to that bad Jackson. And that's exactly what I'm doing here. Um, I'm just telling wow. the truth and pissing off progressives and loving every step of the step of the way. So, so uh, okay, now your first one is is in the can, right? As they say. So, first one's in the can. Tomorrow right. uh, we film uh, episode number two. Like I said, this is a four week pilot, right. um, and then they get the numbers back. They look at the numbers, and then they decide whether or not they want to bring it back in September. Once all of their staff and and, and editors and, and and film crew and everybody else, of course, they take you know they they, they vary their vacation, stagger their vacations over uh, June, July, and August. So once everybody gets their vacations done, uh, then, uh, you know, if the, if the show shows positive numbers, then they'll bring it back permanently in September, and they'll make it a permanent part of their lineup. You know, I think this is so critical in the communist ideology, having a presence like that. Yankee Communications Network, I love it. Uh, really uh, t- taking a Louisville slugger to the people, to, you know, to the, to the craniums, uh, of the uh, lobotomized uh, liberals up there in uh, in the in the in the northeast. So th- this is good. Mm-hmm. This is what we need. Yep. Uh, okay. No, I agree. And, and you know, there's a there's a hunger for it. Um, I think there's a hunger just for information that presents what's going on f- and 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 analyzing what's going on in the state uh, with a. Not, I don't even want to say a conservative approach, guys, but it's just the the common sense approach. Um, you know, it, it's what you're seeing up there with the limited media outlets that you have uh, is that anything that is done by progressives and Democrats. And I mean, listen, this is this is Bernie Sanders land up there. So you have a number of politicians, uh, state senators and state reps who are, are openly avowed Democrat socialists. 
And so, yep, oh, everything that they do is good and they can do no wrong and, the, you know, don't ever question the machine, don't ever question the agenda, don't ever question the politician, just go with it. Um, and so, you know, I put the brakes on that firmly and I say, no, you know, we're going to analyze this. We're going to look at this from the prism of free market, limited government, personal responsibility. And if it passes muster, great. And if it doesn't, then I'm going to call it out. And I'm going to call out those who are not free market, personal responsibility, limited government politicians, because that's what needs to happen. But they're not used to having people call call them out. And and the problem is, especially in Vermont, they are so unbelievably rabid that, to be quite honest with you, the conservatives don't dare speak up. And that's one of the things that I have an issue with. I will not be silenced. I will not be intimidated into silence. I have the right of free speech in this country, and if you don't like what I have to say, you don't have to watch it. You don't have to listen to it. But one thing that I will never tolerate, I will never accept, I will never roll over to somebody who tries to threaten or intimidate me into silence. It's not going to happen. I will stand my ground, and if we have to go to blows, that's fine. And if it has to progress past that, that's fine too. I will not be silenced. You want me silenced? Kill me. Lock and load, baby. I, I love it. And we need see. To me, this has been our problem. Uh, we we have been we've been too tolerant of the left saying shut up or you can't say this or you can't do that. Now now you've taken in my view anyway what you've done and I think this should be a lesson to everyone. You've taken it to the next level. You you actually are taking it the. To the airwaves of, of television all across the the northeast, and, and I love that. Uh, any any ideas right now? I mean, you, you got to have like a feel for how it went. Anything? Uh, the response is, you know, the response has been good. Uh, you know, of course, right. it's generated controversy, and that's one of the right. first things that I'm looking for. <clears throat> um, listen, not everybody is going to agree with me. Uh, you know, and 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 you you start to find the fracturing even amongst people who are. Uh, air fingers quote like minded that's okay too <laughs> listen this this country was built on healthy discourse and conversation if we can keep the conversation going that's fine but when it's it's again i have to silence you because i'm threatened by your message i'm threatened by what you present i'm threatened by the fact that you present a logical and cogent argument that i lack the intelligence the insight and the critical thinking framework to be able to Number one, find the error in, in your central theme and refute it using fact. That's when they have to silence. That's when they have to threaten and intimidate. That's when they have to shout you down. And, and that's and what again, they're doing. It's a perfect platform because <laughs> you're not going to shout me down. You're more than welcome to turn that television set off. You're more than welcome to click it off. But you know, here's the thing: when 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 people don't like you, they tend to watch you more. They tend to listen to you more. People like getting pissed off for some reason. So <laughs> listen, if you're a progressive, <laughs> if you're a Democrat, if you're a liberal, and you feel like you need to get your blood pressure worked up, great. Tune into YCN News, Vermont Rap, and I promise you, we'll 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 amp it up. Amen to that. And, and, and yeah, folks, uh, of all of all the people who can do it, uh, Keith Hansen can. Um, in person, let me tell you, he's a stronger, stronger presence in person than even on radio. So I'll, I'll just say that this, this has got to work. How can we help you? Is there anything that we can do uh, or audience help you? To, to get uh, the, just, to, just, you know what? Just, uh, just visit the website, watch the show. Um, and that's, that's it. 
You know, okay. just, just check it out because, it, it, you know, to to the uh, to the to the metrics companies, they don't care where people are watching it from. They don't care, you know, whether people like it or they don't like it. What they care is how many people have seen this product, how many people have seen this show. That's what they're concerned about. Wow. And one okay. of one of the things that I, I told the um, you know the the, uh, the the network people is that listen, I do have a uh, you know I do have a broad appeal. Uh, and, and I do have a number of people that follow me from across the country. Uh, you know, John, uh, John Robertson's perfect example. I mean, when I first, when John first reached out to me, uh, you know, here's a guy who I had no contact with ever, but he used to listen to my show down in Florida. Yep. And, and it was, you know, I mean, how in God's name did you find me? You know, well, just through happenstance, he did. There's a lot of other people that do because again, they appreciate the perspective. They appreciate the message. Listen, I get it. There's some people I'm, I'm not for everybody. I may not be your cup of tea. Maybe you don't like the way I speak. Maybe you don't like the way I, I, I articulate my thoughts. Maybe you don't like my approach on things. Maybe you feel like I focus on the wrong things. That's fine. But there are a lot of people that do. And so, again, an opportunity to bring that to a new medium, to bring that to a new group of people, to address issues that are very specific to one particular state, which, let's face it, has got a huge number of issues. Um, they've got a Republican governor right now. When Phil Scott was elected governor, people pretty much fell out of their chair. Wow, there's a Republican governor that's been elected to run the state of Vermont. But this guy is about as rhino as they come. He is a Republican in name only. And a perfect example of that is him signing into law Senate Bill 55, which is the first time in the history of the state of Vermont that they've had gun control legislation signed into law. Now they have some pretty draconian gun control laws over there. And it's all because of a knee-jerk reaction from a thwarted mass shooting in a school. And so he's, he's lost his base. You know, he's, yeah. he's lost his base. There's a lot of people that feel as though he has sold out the Republican Party, that he's sold out the conservatives. And they're not going to regain that vote. He's not going to regain that vote. They're not going to vote for him because they, they, what, what he did by signing Senate Bill 55 into law was to undermine the core, the essence of what it is to be a Republican and to be a so-called conservative, which is recognizing the sanctity of the Second Amendment. Once you go there, I, I don't think there's there's really a lot of, of recovery that you're going to experience. No, I, no, I, I totally agree with you. Our guest, Keith Hansen, and uh, visit his website, folks. It was just up there on the screen. Um, what's on your radar now? I mean, what... What's really tripping your trigger at this point, Keith Hansen style? Um, I've got to know. <laughs> well, right now, i got to be honest, I've been focusing a lot on, uh, you know, the, the state of New Hampshire right now. Some of the bills that are going through. We've got a, uh, <clears throat> we've got a transgender discrimination bill, uh, that's working its way through <laughs> right now. Um, you know, and, and, and all indications are that the, uh, the governor, Governor Sununu, <clears throat> who has, he's, listen, he's got some really, really, really good achievements. Uh, in, in, in his first year and a half in office. Uh, but he's, he's not going to veto this bill. Um, all pulses, or all fingers on the, uh, on the pulse indicate that he's not going to veto this bill. And, you know, in, in conversations with the governor, one of the things that he's indicated is, well, you know, there's, there's a lot of other things that we need to focus on. And I think what's being missed here is, is the fact that to, to hand over a win uh, in, in, in this um, this progressive realm 
it's 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 not just a loss for us and a win for them. It's it's also a, 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 another win chalked up in that aisle. Today we had Senate Bill 193 that was killed by five votes. Senate Bill 193 would establish education savings accounts. This was a huge piece of legislation that several friends of mine uh, and professional and 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 personal friends and, and professional associates have worked tirelessly on for two years. What the education savings account would do is for parents that have children in public schools, it would establish a roughly $3,600 based on need. Uh, you know, I mean, if you're making $100,000 a year, you're not going to have access to this education savings account. But if you're a, a hardworking, average, middle-class family, you would have $3,600 that would be placed into an education savings account that you could use to now offset tuition at a private school, a parochial school, a classical academy, a charter school, or to offset costs associated with homeschooling. And what nice. this would do is give such a huge opportunity to children who are locked in government-run education. And this bill was killed by five votes. And the reason why it was killed by five votes was because we have Republican state reps in the state of New Hampshire who aren't even showing up to vote. Oh. They're not even showing up to vote. You campaigned and were elected to serve as a representative for a group of people. You have a moral and ethical obligation to show up and to vote for legislation, especially legislation that is, is, is one of the cornerstones of, of your party's goals for this legislative session and certainly one of the legislative goals of your governor. Yep. And how important, I mean, the, the amount of money, the amount of time, the amount of energy that the teachers' unions have put into trying to defeat Senate Bill 193 was astonishing because they are so desperate to maintain their grasp of control over children and the minds of those children in these government-run educational bodies. And I've stopped calling them public schools now, Doug. They're not public schools. We need to stop using that word public. It's a term that's designed to anesthetize us from the truth. A public school is a government-run school providing government-mandated education. Just like it's not public transportation, it's government-run. Whenever you see the word public, take away the word public and replace it with the phrase government-run. And now you start to understand the truth behind it. They are so desperate to maintain control of children in these government-run educational bodies. They are breeding grounds for progressivism. They are breeding grounds for a future generation of socialists that are going to destroy this country. And they know they have to control the minds of those children. The education savings accounts are so critical because it would allow parents who actually give a damn about their kids' brains and their futures to get out of these public-run cesspools and get into a facility, which coincidentally is where most of the politicians are sending their kids. Because the politicians in this state, and this is true across the country, are not sending their kids to government-run schools. They're sending their kids to private schools, private academies, charter schools, or they're choosing to homeschool. Because they themselves understand, and they're terrified of a free market approach to education. It's amazing. So that's my to that's my that. hot button topic right now. Okay, right. we've seen the uh, the uh, rates of eighth graders who are able to uh, do math and and to read are you know in the forty percent in the national average. And this is one thing, as you pointed out, Keith, the government run education pushing a government run agenda. 
this is why it's so important to get the kids out of the schools. And not only that, where does the responsibility for the parents lie as far as teaching their kids uh, the extras, which we don't see parents really doing at all uh, anymore? Uh, kids are expected to learn in school, and uh, you know that's enough for for many of the parents. Never, you know, going above and beyond as far as you know helping them. Um, get educated outside of the classroom and then that gets into homeschooling also but there seems to be a a two-tiered approach here one it's to get the parents away from the children and have the children completely depend upon the school and then Mm -hmm. teach them those children uh, the wrong way or not at all in the schools leaving them less educated and less likely to succeed in life it's a a, a horrible system people need and and keith you've spoken on this before people need to understand the history behind the government public government run schools you know, mm-hmm. to really understand the indoctrination process. So you're right on the money with that. But yeah, this is a, yeah. the um, you no, know, and and you know, it's it's interesting when we talk about this because this this kind of builds on a conversation that we were having a couple of weeks ago about responsible parenting. There are so many parents out there that that they don't care. Their children are nothing more than the consequences of a failure to responsibly police their own behavior. That's basically what it is. And so, you know, I'm saddled with this. I'm saddled with this, with this sexual consequence for 18 years. So what am I going to do with it? Well, I don't, don't want to spend money because, you know, I, I got a lot of other things I got to worry about, like, you know, going out with my girlfriends on Friday night or getting a sleeve of tattoos or whatever, they, or, or, or getting a 70 inch flat screen TV. I'm not going to put my kid in private school. There's a, you know, there's, there's so many parents out there, and I hate to use the word parents because they're not. They're, they're basically, they're just, they're, they're, they're sperm donors from the, from the, from the, 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 the paternal side of it, and they're baby carriers from the maternal side of it. And so they introduce children into the world that they're neither capable of nor have any interest of raising properly. And so without a good, solid family foundation, without love, without nurturing, and with a government-run education, what do you have? Basically, you've got a programmable socialist robot. And that's what you're seeing a lot of right now. The people who actually care about their kids are the ones that want to get these kids out of the public schools. They want to get their kids into an educational system that actually teaches their children something, that there's accountability. And listen, I'm not saying that, 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 that private schools aren't without fault. I've seen plenty of private schools that are just as, if not more, indoctrinating than some of the public education. But this is, again, where parents have to start doing their due diligence. They have to start doing their research. That's why, and and I don't have any kids, but that's why ever since I started in radio, I have become one of, and have been, one of the biggest advocates for homeschooling that you'll ever meet. If parents have the opportunity to homeschool their kids, you have 100% complete control over the curriculum, the morality, the ethics that these children are being taught. Homeschooling is, by all intents and purposes, the way to go, if you can possibly do it. But again, there are costs associated with that. In this particular state, $3,600 per year would have been provided to offset curriculum costs, materials costs, everything else that's associated with providing that education, that quality education to your children. And that got defeated. And it, we have a, we've got a Republican, and I use that almost in air fingers quotes, we have a Republican majority in the House, we have a Republican majority in the Senate, and we have a Republican governor. And even with a across-the-board majority, we could not get education savings accounts passed. Why? Because of the cowardly Republicans 
that didn't want to go on record as voting against it, so they just don't show up and they don't vote at all. So I am in the process of making a list of who was there, who voted no, and who didn't show up. And I will be taking them to task publicly on the airwaves. I, I love it. Keith Hansen uh, taking them to task. You don't want Keith Hansen on your on your on your backside. Let me tell you, it's it, it doesn't end well. Um, I'm like a kick. I just don't go away. I've I've seen it, Keith, and I haven't experienced it, but I've seen it, and uh, I got to tell you, they're in for a uh, quite a ride. But but back to the, I just want to touch this again because I'm having a hard time with this, the New Hampshire uh, transgender bill. You know. Okay, so supposedly this from NBC News set to become law. Sununu is going to sign it. It's protect, intending to protect the state's four thousand five hundred transgender residency. Okay, do you guys have forty five hundred population in New Hampshire up there? I mean, <laughs> I think I, I I saw that number and I, I had to uh, chuckle to be honest with you. I, I don't where, know if that's an accurate representation or where they 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 even managed to to call up that number. Okay, thanks. You know, there, there's there's three separate aspects to this this transgender protection bill. Um, you know, it's it's the jobs, uh, which I mean, there's there's already federal. Uh, discrimination laws. Right. Uh, and right. basically you can't, you can't, if you really want to focus on discrimination, uh, you should, you should look at affirmative action. But uh, that's a topic for a different day. Um, so it's, it's jobs, it's housing, but the biggest one is the public accommodation. The public right. accommodation is where an anatomical, biological man can walk into a woman's dressing room, a woman's changing room, a woman's bathroom, and say, oh, yeah, yeah, this is what I identify as. So I have every right to be here. And I'm not saying that transgenders are predators. But what I'm saying is, and I have a, I don't have the file with me here, but I have a, I have a, a file that's about a half inch thick on my desk in my studio where I have news clippings and printouts from all across the country and from Canada. Stories where people have been arrested and convicted or are pending trial for utilizing these public accommodation laws or these public accommodation predispositions to gain access to changing rooms, showers, bathrooms, places like that, where they're doing upstall photographs, up-camera photographs, or outright sexually assaulting children or women. Right. A person, you know, yeah. We, yeah. we talk about this, this contradiction. We talk about the contradictions within progressivism. Two completely oppositional concepts that you must adhere to and swear by without question. How can you be an advocate for women's rights and empower men to walk into a changing room, a bathroom, uh, you know, a, a locker room, for women. And, and, the, yeah. and, and I'll tell you, the scary thing is that there are feminists that are coming out against this, saying this is not right. We can't have this because this is going to, it will necessarily, unnecessarily place women at greater risk of sexual assault. Well, and that's they, not right-wing hyperbole. It's not, it's they, not conspiracy theory. Yeah. This has happened in, in, in areas of the country, in states, and, and, and in Canada. You've, you've seen this, where these people are using these public accommodation laws to gain access to the very place where they can satisfy their perversions. 
Hey, brother, I'm, I'm, if I see that happen, I'm throwing down. I don't know about you, but at that point there, this, this bill, by the way, uh, Senator Gannon from uh, uh, New Hampshire said, this bill would uh, remove privacy rights of my three young daughters in their locker rooms, my wife at her gym, my 91-year-old mother when she goes to a restaurant with over 25 people. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you. Okay, if I see some somebody with a dangling participle uh, walk in to a women's room because he 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 feels or it feels um you know some affinity toward that gender at that moment in time, I'm thrown down. You with me or what? I you know what I absolutely agree with you, but what you're right. also going to see attached to this is becoming the the protected class status. Now there's going to be enhanced penalties. As a result of this, you will see additional legislation that will come out to create enhanced penalties for people that would single out transgenders or somebody identifying as a transgender. This is the great, this is the great thing. You can, you can be a man or a woman identifying as the opposite gender, or you could be a man just identifying as a transgender. I, you know, you, you take it, take it one step removed. So they're going to create protected class status for these people, and there's going to be enhanced because if somebody were to do that, oh, it's got to be motivated by hate, and so therefore we have to send a clear and decisive message to people who would violate the rights of transgenders that this type of behavior shall not be tolerated. Uh, Absolutely right. Crazy stuff, Keith man. Hansen is our guest. Check out his new show, YCN Vermont News Wrap with Keith Hansen. And you can find this on YCNNow.com. There's a man You can go right to there. the YouTube channel, or you can go to the Facebook.com backslash YCNNewsNow backslash. I don't so care Facebook, if you're in California. YouTube. Support it. Yeah, and you can stream it online or watch it live in your area of Vermont. Uh, Keith, we thank you so much and wish you the best of, of luck moving forward with the filming of this pilot. And we will talk with you next Thursday. Thank, you, Thank you so much, Doug. Joe, keep up the good work. God bless you guys. Be well. God you bless too. you. Have no, a great night. Network break, folks. Going to be back in a few. Stay right where you're at. announcement first we ask everybody to say a prayer for u.s marine recruit nick mcintosh if you remember the hagman report helped bring nick back from peru to go to paris island where he's going through boot camp bill mcintosh's father helped us arrange tonight's interview with breitbart reporter neil uh, monroe and thank you bill mcintosh at ocaso media but we also will say a prayer for your son nick thank you so much bill and we have other news before we bring Lexi Bess on. Oil prices are going, uh, they're saying it could go up as high as $100, $150 a barrel before summer's end. And gas prices in California are already up to $4 a gallon in some areas. Blame it on Trump. It's Trump's fault. It yeah, is. I heard somebody saying this the other day. Oh, you know, If Trump really Trump. was a good president, why wouldn't he get involved and call him and tell him to lower the gas prices? And I'm thinking, you guys call him a fascist. And then you want him to intervene in a right. private business, private industry, and start demanding prices stay at a certain level? That's not his fault. And he would be a fascist if he did that. So, uh, you know, it's not his fault, the fluctuation in gas prices. You have the speculators. Well, you have OPEC. You have it? the dependence on foreign nations and on and on and on. And the U.S. 
dollar being the world reserve currency backing up and being the uh, price point for all the barrels of oil in the world, it is uh, free market capitalism, supply and demand, and uh, also there is you know kickbacks and whatnot. But how high will the gas prices go this summer, especially in your areas? Uh, that is something that everybody should keep track of because they could get pretty high here in the next few months, higher than we've seen in recent years. If I remember correctly, 2008, I remember. Uh, you know, <laughs> could I have a gallon. Uh, I don't know, let's see, I got a five dollar bill on me. That's like three quarters of a gallon or a gallon of gas. One quick funny story. We have Lexi with us. Uh, we were doing private investigation work out of town on our way to go out of town, and he just filled up the car when gas was like four dollars and fifty cents a gallon. And it ended up coming out to, you know, 60, 75 bucks for the tank of gas. We made it about three miles to a bookstore and the car caught on fire while we were in this bookstore. And, uh, one of the first things he said after we saw the car was going to be a total loss was, I can't believe I just spent almost a hundred dollars filling up the gas tank. But that, that was funny, uh, for another time. But hopefully we don't have to go through those kind of prices again. No, anyway. if we do. Yeah, Lexi Best, I got to tell you, Lexi Best, what a uh, tremendous young lady she is. Uh, she has something called the Lexi Best Show. It's a podcast. Uh, she's, uh, let, me, let me look here. She, she is a, uh, uh, she was with us before. Uh, you know, I just, I, I just yeah. missed it here. She, uh, how did I do that? How did I, go, how did I do this? At Lexi Best on Twitter. There, there it is right there. Um, I'm done being, let me go back to the screen. I'm done being a disarmed student. There we go. And there up on the uh, screen, yep, her appearance yep. on Fox and Friends. And, and she, look, Lexi is a junior at University of Tennessee, Christ-loving conservative millennial who is trying to uh, reflect the light needed in this world. She is just a class act. She has a lot of uh, points on gun laws, campus gun laws, the Me Too movement, and really what's going on in the Middle East and stuff really taking uh, a shape of the Middle East uh, for this war footing scenario with us. Lexi Best, God bless you, Lexi. Thanks for coming back on with us. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. It's always to be on the Hagman Report. I'll tell you Always. what, uh, you, you really class this joint up, plus you're, uh, you raise the IQ level of our studio quite a, quite a bit, so we really appreciate your presence. <laughs> um, you, you know, you're, you're pretty outspoken with respect to the campus gun laws. Uh, can we start there? Is that okay? Or do you have something more? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, y- y- every, you know, everywhere we look, the uh, campus Camp I, a plural of campus across the United States. Campuses across the United States are not, they're gun-free zones, man. And to me, I just, I, I don't quite understand that. Uh, what's your take on this? Uh, you know, in Tennessee, for example, full-time professors can carry but not students, and part-time faculty cannot. I mean, who, who, huh? Uh, help me out here. Understand? Same. <laughs> it, it's, it's really, it's a scary situation. Um, I'm a firm believer that gun-free zones are just zones that encourage crime. You right. know, just because you have a gun-free zone does not necessarily mean that it's also going to be a crime-free zone. So whenever it comes to college campuses, at the University of Tennessee, we had a lot of students fighting for our right to carry on campus. And unfortunately, that was shut down by the state senate. 
uh, we tried to push it to where part-time students, or not part-time students, but part-time faculty would be able to carry, and state legislation tabled that, unfortunately. But there are other states like Texas. Uh, in Texas, they kind of allow the university to come up with their solution in a way. They come up with where students can and cannot carry. They allow faculty to have gun-free spaces, such as their offices, but students are allowed to carry in common areas. However, they can't, they can't keep firearms in the dorms because there's no way to properly take care of them. But whenever it comes to college campuses, especially whenever we see things, whenever we see the horrible tragedies that happen, um, it's not because that person was following the law. When someone takes a firearm onto a high school campus, they're breaking the law. Because I follow the law and I left my firearm in my vehicle whenever I went to class, that makes me a target for anyone who wants to do harm to me on campus, and sure. that's not fair. Well, I'm just curious. What kind of, uh, if you did break the administrative rule by carrying on campus or the law, shall we say, could you be arrested, or would it be an administrative action, expulsion kind of thing, or suspension? I would be arrested. Um, I would be breaking. Okay. I would be breaking a federal law. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, I should have known that. <laughs> okay, federal law. Okay. Yeah, I should have yes. known that. All right. Wow. Yeah. So, so it makes you a target. Um, now, again, in student or in Texas, students are allowed to carry. Um, and, and as you very well point out, gun-free zones are not crime-free zones. In fact, it's just the opposite. Uh, so, what do we do here? How can we? Uh, this is such a, a uh, there's such, such a great divide here. What do we do? Well, what I think needs to happen is I think that if you have a carry permit and you are, you would have to be 21 years of age to have a carry permit, you should be able to carry on a college campus. I, it, it baffles me. We have actually had two scares at the University of Tennessee, both involving a potential shooter. It didn't make the headlines. It didn't make national news. But the fact that that was a concern, and it actually took the University of Tennessee Police Department a very long time to respond. Students didn't understand what was going on, and rumors were spreading. And the whole time I was sitting there, like, wow, I am disarmed because this, the school has disarmed me. And UT, I don't feel confident in the University of Tennessee Police Department to do what they need to do to protect me, because they can't be everywhere at once with a school with over 20,000 students. So I think that if you have a concealed carry permit, and you're obviously 21 years of age because that's how old you have to be, or at least in the state of Tennessee to get your carry permit, you should be able to carry. Gun-free zones, I don't, I mean, I have to believe in them because there's a little sign that if I carry in this space, I'm going to be arrested and thrown in jail. But it's my constitutional right. It's not a privilege. There's a difference. It is a right set in one of the oldest, the oldest constitution in the world, longstanding. So the fact that you're taking away my constitutional right is just unacceptable. Amen. And you said it. This is a God, look, this is a God-given right. We have the right to self-defense. Personally, if, and I carry, I conceal carry all the time. And if I see a sign, a store, a place of business that doesn't, that says no guns allowed, they don't get my business and the story. I will not set foot in there. Um, just as an FYI. But, uh, uh, Joe, you got a question that yeah, you, I you were dying to ask about. I wouldn't her. even pay attention to the, to those signs 
uh, for the most part, unless you're talking about courthouses or government buildings, because as she said, you know, the gun, the criminals don't follow the laws and the right. gun free zones are, uh, where they target. So if right. anything, those are where the guns need to be. But Lexi, you have a second amendment video series. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. So I love my second amendment <laughs> video series. So on my Facebook page, uh, Lexi Bess, I recently started a Second Amendment video series where I go through and I try to help especially women understand that guns shouldn't be such a scaring. And honestly, if you decide to call yourself a feminist, you should actually be very excited that you have the right to carry. Um, it's a very empowering feeling uh, to be able to protect yourself at all times, to protect yourself and your loved ones. But basically, the video series was set up to introduce the concept to everyone that you can conceal carry. This is what it is. It's really not that scary. If I can do it, you can do it. And then it kind of goes through the different firearms that you can carry, uh, what that means to carry. And then I even spent a minute spending a time going through the difference between a rifle and a handgun because that's something that not a lot of people understand. They think that, oh, I'm a hunter, so I should be able to handle a handgun. And in many cases, that, that's not that's not the case. Well, you're, you're ser- by the way, your series is incredible. And, and now just to, to promote it again, people can get it on Facebook? Right? Yes. Or if so, they can find um, it, right? Or, you know, how come you haven't been censored for crying out loud? Because I'm not on YouTube. Ah, okay. There you go. <laughs> All right. That was the key. I've had a, I've had quite a few people ask me, you know, why don't you, why didn't you start it on YouTube? And, you know, we've seen what YouTube, the lovely YouTube, has done uh, with organizations such as PragerU, yep. and I did not want to fight that battle. <laughs> well, it, it, and I would urge everyone to, to, to look up Lexi Bess on, the, on her video series. Incredible stuff. Um, if we can bump into, if you don't mind, the Me Too movement, your thoughts on what's going on. We, we just saw Schneiderman, uh, New York State Attorney General Schneiderman, uh, uh, be exposed uh, for the um, the reported uh, for his reported activities. What's your, what are your thoughts on the Me Too movement, where it stands right now, where it's headed? Your thoughts? Well, I think that the Me Too movement it has some positives and it has some negatives. So I totally understand wanting to support people who are victims of sexual assault, assault or domestic violence even at times with the Me Too movement, but I think that sometimes the in, into the idea that when someone says that they are supportive of women and they're of the Me Too movement, we shouldn't be blindly trusting those people. That doesn't mean you just never know what goes on behind closed doors. Amen. So what we what we saw with this with the with this Democrat New York Attorney General, Democrat, D, Blue, um, was that he was recently accused of assault and he was forced to resign. And he asked those that he assaulted to stay quiet on for the benefit of the Democrat. Are you are you joking? So the hypocrisy is astounding and it's deafening. Hey, and I think that with... Yes. Sorry to interrupt there. You cut out. For the benefit of the Democrat, what? So he asked those uh, that he assaulted to stay quiet for the benefit of the Democrat Party. Okay. 
so in their opposition he, against Trump, most likely, uh, framing it in that yes, context. Exactly. So it's just crazy how, you know, you have someone who is as vocal as the New York Attorney General was with being there for women and being a supporter of the Me Too movement, and then this is what he does behind closed doors. And yeah. it, it's it's sad, and it, it makes it harder. I know. It makes it harder for women to actually take the Me Too movement seriously. Well, you know, it's interesting because we were talking about the Second Amendment, and those people who are anti-Second Amendment, I'm just going to call it like I see it, they're morons, basically. They, they don't. They, there's something. As as my uh, as my uh, uh, uncle used to say, there's something wrong with that boy. Um, no, but but uh, so the the Second Amendment, the anti-Second Amendment people, also have some of the biggest opponents. Well, the Me Too movement has a lot of. Second Amendment opponents. I mean, there's some overlap there, in there? Yes, there's okay. quite a bit of overlap. There are quite a few feminists, people who would call themselves feminists, who are very much against the Second Amendment and against people's right to carry, which is insane to me because... Oh, yeah, I wouldn't name any names, Alyssa Milano, but I wouldn't name any names. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead, Lexi. Well, the Second Amendment, your right to own a firearm is what is going to equal the playing field with your attacker, period, end of story. I'm sorry, but me wielding some pepper spray, acting big and bad, is not always going to work. It's just not. But I guarantee you, whenever I pull out my Glock 26 in the parking garage while I'm trying to walk to my car, and you think you were about to do something, that's going to stop you in your tracks. And for some reason, the Me Too movement doesn't want to face that. They're so against, they're so against the Second Amendment that they're blind to something that can be so empowering and so strong for the feminist movement. But what we're seeing is not true feminism. We're seeing third wave feminism that's in itself something crazy and something that the, the original founders of the feminist movement never thought would happen. So it's, the whole Me Too movement is something that I just struggle with. Yeah, I, I do too. And there's been a few reporters on who talk about the timing of the Me Too movement popping up, specifically around the time that all these allegations of uh, elite pedophilia and child sex trafficking came up, almost like it was a uh, PR answer to combat that and to take the narrative away from those allegations and just say, well, this is you know really about uh, women who were uh, abused and sexually assaulted, adult women. And I have a huge problem with this whole thing. One, the fact that the whole Hollywood entertainment industry is behind this, yet for years and decades before uh, this opportune moment, none of them ever said anything, uh, you know, maybe one or two here and there. But it seems like a more of a, a career, a strategic career move than an actual uh, fight against this kind of behavior. And then with, with Schneiderman, as as bad as these uh, stories are, do you think there will be any criminal charges, and if there are any way to substantiate those criminal charges? So that's something that, that we've been hearing get tossed back and forth in the news. I so I almost, I personally, I feel like because the state of New York is such a blue state and they claim to be so much in support of the Me Too movement, if they didn't press charges, it would seriously harm 
the the Democratic the Democrat Party in New York. And so I think that in or for, for even that we may not I personally may not want for the Democrats to stay afloat. If they want to stay afloat, they're gonna have to press charges. Because it's not going to be enough for the Me Too movement, for the for the people who dress up in lovely costumes and participate in the Women's March, who can turn hostile and violent at any given moment. I don't think that they are going to take it very lightly whenever the Attorney General does not have criminal charges pressed against him. Yeah, it's uh, you know I, I agree with that. Yeah, and uh, it's his tea saver. She she says and and that we don't. Uh, you know, this happened. Some of these happened years ago, and nobody came forward but, but, then. But you know, Lexi and, and Joe, I, look, I, what I see happening here, and correct me if I'm wrong or if, if my perception's off on this, but it seems like the the progressive, lobotomized, liberal, communist left, what they love to do is they love to weaponize everything. So the real victims, let's say, of the of sexual assault, uh, uh, there, there's this um, this hijacking and weaponization of this movement. If someone, um, if a if a guy looks at a, a, a lady, you know, back in back when I was young, uh, and said, you know, but you look nice in that dress, okay. Well, they're not. I'm not victimizing the woman. I have no intent. I'm complimenting, and and they take that as being objectified for crying out loud. I mean, what? Help me out with this. What? <laughs> They've also changed it to where you can't hug a co-worker in the office. Very interesting oh. world that we live in today. And Except same-sex hugs, probably, I, right? You know, that, that's probably okay. So same-sex hugs are totally yeah. welcomed, encouraged, all that good oh, stuff. Oh, man. But in the, in the world that we live in, it's bad. I feel like the Me Too movement focuses a little bit too much on just one side of the situation. I think that the Me Too movement is focusing a lot on the woman's side um, of women who are victims of sexual assault or women who are just victims of, of sexual abuse in general. And it almost gives them so much power that when a man is falsely accused, there is no way to defend himself. Um, exactly. I read recently that there was a man convicted of, uh, I want to say he was convicted of sexual assault. I could be wrong, but he was convicted. And years later, it came back that the woman lied about it. So it's crazy that that the court is becoming so tilted and it's becoming so skewed in in one person's favor because we have forces being it to be that way and that's not justice that's not fair and it's just really unfortunate that that's the world that we live in because that's not that's not what needs to be happening every side needs to be heard and every side should be valued and unfortunately we need we need to be aware that that's also happening because of the me too movement Exactly. Uh, Lexi Bess is our guest at Lexi Bess on Twitter, LexiBess.com. Move over Laura Ingram. That's my statement because, uh, she, Lexi Bess is, uh, is perhaps one of the most, uh, uh, t- together and, and well composed, uh, young ladies I've ever had the pleasure to speak with. And I, again, she, she's right on the money with, uh, I'm going to agree with 100% with everything that, that, that she's, 
states and stands for. If we can, we only have about uh, five, five or four minutes left here of our time together. It's never long enough, but uh, we see a lot of stuff going on in the Middle East. Israel v. Iran, for example. It's important that President Trump continues the ongoing U.S. position in support of Israel. Do you agree with that, that um, that, that we need to su- stand in support of, of our uh, uh, sole democratic uh, ally there in the Middle East? Oh, absolutely. Okay. I I think that that's one of the most important things with uh, President Trump's foreign policy right now. He he absolutely has to stand in solidarity with Israel, um, especially right now. Um, when the United States conducted the the missile strikes, the the airstrikes against Syria, that was huge, and it was it was such a slap in the face to the United States, especially from Russia. The fact that Russia looked at the United States and don't you worry. Our little brother won't do that again. We pinky promise. And the United <laughs> States believed them. And and then it slapped him in the face. And, you know, as as President Bush explained it, you know, fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice. You can't fool me again. Um, but it's, it's just interesting to see, even though unfortunately it's not surprising with uh, Vladimir Putin, you see the United States conduct airstrikes against Syria. Yep. And now we see Israel fighting back and conducting their own version of airstrikes. And it's it's really important that the United States stands strong with with Israel. And I totally, I'm in support of Israel, 100%. Okay, on, on your campus, and this is something I want to ask you in relation to, to, to this, are, are you seeing a rise in anti-Semitism on your campus? Um, uh, I'm seeing this this ugly side of, even Christian conservatives saying, "Oh well, we, we you know we shouldn't support Israel," and uh, making some pretty nasty claims about uh, Israel. Are you seeing that increase of late on your campus where you're at? I have started to notice that increase. I've started to notice that that influx in thought, and it's very concerning. Um, because most of these students don't understand what they're saying. Most students do not understand the facts and they don't understand what's actually happening in Israel. They sit there and they're like, oh my gosh, but Pakistan, but this, but that. And I'm just, and it's incredible that they don't want to look at history, but that seems to be a common thread because we're calling a president who isn't a Nazi a Nazi, which just waters down the term, which is a totally different topic for a different time. <laughs> But we, I'm in the middle of a generation that doesn't want to look at history to understand what's happening today. And I think that's where a lot of that dialogue stems from. Exactly. I, I totally agree with you on that. And, and, you know, what you said about history, if people really knew, number one, the actual history that led to the creation of Israel politically, and number two, the biblical history of the area, they would they would see that Israel should be much bigger than what it is right now border wise and uh would understand what the uh what the Arabs have done or not done with the land given to, given to them and, and the squandering of all that. But Lexi we're we're basically out of time. Tell us again where people can find you because I, I would urge everyone watching this, listening to this, whether live or on archive or just listening on, on Global Star Satellite Radio, please bookmark her sites, watch her videos. So Give a shout-out to all of your platforms and all of your uh, initiatives, if you, if you don't mind. 
Absolutely. So my website is www.lexibest.com. And my Twitter is at LexiBest. And my Facebook is at official Lexi Best. I love it. Awesome. I love it. And you, uh, again, uh, you were just on Fox and Friends. People can find that video on the, on your website. What were your, what were you talking about on your appearance? I didn't get a chance to watch it. So, so on my campus, we had some actual, some actual neo-Nazis come to speak. And because we are a public university, uh, we had to give them a place to speak. And the protests against the group that was speaking turned into anti-police officer protests. Mm-hmm. And they said some pretty vulgar things to the police officers. And the entire reason it happened was because the students were upset with their designated area to protest because they didn't have access to a restroom and they couldn't bring food and water. Jeez. So they decided... They decided they would protest. So the protesters making the neo-Nazis look good by turning around and going after police officers instead of staying focused on their goal. Lexi Bess is our guest. Lexi, thank you so much for joining us. We hope to have you you back on in the future. Thank you. Very proud of you, by the way. Thank you so much. Lexi Bess, please follow her on Twitter, Facebook, and uh, at uh, LexiBest.com. Network break. Hey, your calls. We're going to open the phone lines. Open the phone lines. We want to hear from you. Come on. Give us a call. Hello. Is this on? Give you the number on the other side. Hey, we just saw the phone lines. That's right. You got your black phone over there? Actually, I had to edit. No, I don't. It's actually in my office in use. It's a rotary phone. What is this hanging over there? Sorry about that. Uh, by the way, uh, catch me. I'm, I'm, catch me tomorrow. I'm going to be on uh, hosting the, the fourth hour of InfoWars. Doug Hagman. And if you if you like that, just uh, send InfoWars an email saying, "Hey, that's pretty cool. I like like that." Or alternatively, man, what are you thinking? All right. The number to call, 844-769-2944. That's 844-769-2944. Or alternatively, 1-800. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. Okay. I'm not going to say it. Let's start here while we're, uh, while we're waiting and those people not. You know what? No, you know what? I I just want to say this and then you, you can start. What is this with the CNN analyst that comes out and says that 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 us deplorables, oh. Trump 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 supporters, could harm a reporter to prove their worth to the president. Where, Where are you seeing this at? Uh, Infowars reported this. Uh, this the original the origin uh, origin that's a new word origin. Hey, lesbianic. <laughs> uh, that that's an actual word uh, I found out. But no, it, it's U.S. News reported on this. He makes us the enemy. We're the enemy of the people. We are the people. Yeah, really? Okay, really? Sure about that. I just wanted to throw that out there before, uh, before you get into the serious stuff. That's all. I'll see you in an analyst. The Trump supporters are going to hurt us. Yeah, reporters. Yeah. See, okay, the, the reason that this struck a chord with me is this. Don't get me started. You already did. Okay. I'm just debating on how I should frame this. 
I, I guess I'll say it this way. There are people out there who watch this program, this program, and say, you guys are, because of your peddling of conspiracy theories, fake news, and... Uh, blatant fake news is globalist agenda. Yeah. You are responsible for, and this is true, in fact, so true, I'm getting sued for it, for some idiot walking into a pizza shop and taking a shot. That we're responsible for fake news um, that that has real-world consequences. <laughs> that because of our reporting, uh, we we have this uh, this unbelievable ability to, to sway national elections. I just, now, now, again, follow me on this logic. Reporters, real reporters, could get hurt. Yeah. That's what well, they say. No one's advocating for this. But, but see. But look at what else they say. But, uh, but, but, but that goes for everyone else. Can, can you imagine being a guy, um, or, or on Facebook and, and posting a story about Pedagate, which is true, or about arrest? And having, and having someone say, well, because they're propagating this fake news, they're responsible for some whack job going into a pizza shop and firing off a gun. Well, then when, you know, you turn that around, look at the baseball shooting that happened last spring where uh, Steve Scalise got, got shot targeting, a, you know, the Republican uh, politicians, congressmen and senators. You could argue that the, the, the same thing on the other side, that they're, CNN and others' constant peddling of conspiracy theories led to, you know, the person shooting up a, a baseball field. And that was an argument at the time, but nobody ever really, uh, you know, it, it was just a point of speculation. Nobody ever uh, blamed the media. But this, uh, this well, I, journalist I, I, again, says, I, he makes us the enemy. We're not the enemy of the people. We are the people. We are the people. We represent the what people. people. Who people? Yeah. I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, but, but see, the, when you look back at, at the at the iteration, current iteration of the use of the phrase fake news and how it goes from um it went from conspiracy theories back in the sixties or the origin of that and then it evolved to, to fake news and then Donald Trump media and I get all that. So but, but that that's a discussion for another day. We don't want to keep our, our callers waiting. We got a full bank of calls apparently. Yeah, we do. They they, they, they found the phone number and they said Despite the fact that we gave him the wrong phone number, we, I gave him the phone number to my neighbor. Uh, <laughs> but uh, well, yeah, let, let's take right. some calls. We have uh, first up Don in Michigan. Don, welcome to the Hagman Report. Hi guys, uh, how you doing, Doug, Joe, and John? I want to address um, something about the Israel-Iran situation that not a lot of people are talking about. Um, when BB came out with his uh, press conference and all his, uh, you know, intelligence about uh, weapons of mass destruction and Iran. It, it made me flash back to Iraq, and it's a sure thing: weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, and he guaranteed the world, right along with the entire Bush cabinet, marched us into this decade-long, over-decade-long bloodbath. Um, 
Okay. There's something that we aren't being told. There's something we don't know about here. People are forgetting that the only countries that aren't signed on to the global banking establishment are our supposed enemies. Iran and North Korea. What do you think about that? Well, okay. Yeah, look. look, uh, uh, Your your argument has merit. Yeah. The VNAC. Yeah. The seven countries, you know, Libya, Ethiopia, North Korea, Iran, Iraq, that did not have uh, central banks and how it seems that no matter what direction we move forward as far as presidents or agendas, that these countries are always the target of the deep state. And there is something there, uh, and it, you know, it seems that the world and the, everybody is shift, um, you know, in that same direction and mindset that Iran is our enemy. If you remember Hillary Clinton, when she talked about Iran and was asked about Iran before the election, she said that if she's elected, she would nuke Iran. So this is the same agenda over administrations that uh, is much more far-reaching than one president or one person. But but I have to say this, all right, with respect to Iraq, look, we know the incubator story. We know that we know that that the weapons of mass destruction, that was false. I bought into it hook, line, and sinker. You know, again, fool me once, shame on me. Fool me twice, of course, shame shame on on you, shame shame on me. I, I got it backwards, but you get the idea. So... Yeah, I agree that there are things that we're not being told, but I also think that the threat is real. You, you got to admit, the country who says we're going to nuke, the, as soon as we get a nuke, we're going we're gonna to use it on Israel. I, I mean, they're saying that, right, from their own lips. Well, they're paper tigers, though. You know, they're paper tigers. They're not well, going to go against a juggernaut like us. They're just doing that so they can get their agenda okay. pushed right. through. Um I'm not for the Molas. You know, I am definitely not for radical or I'm glad to hear that. You know, yeah. Islam in general. Um but at the same time, if we spent half of our resources we spend on dropping bombs and spreading chaos and hatred and fear and pain. If we put as much effort into that or into spreading the gospel and dropping Bibles instead of bombs on these dictators, that's how you win the war. It's well, a that's always war. a good... You know, Don, I mean, look, I, I, I agree with you. I agree that that, that, our, that should be our first, first, absolute first... But when, um, when, when have you ever heard of a C-130 dropping pallets of Bibles out of the back of that thing over uh, communist, godless countries that need to hear that word? No, we're constantly dropping bombs. Right, but I think we're, we're constantly that, pushing, 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 and what that does is that turns the rest of the world against us, against well, Christianity, well, well taken. against Jesus. So they say these people claim to be Christians, but right. they're they're thumping the, the wars of of the drums of war and not thumping their Bibles like they should be. Don, you're you're absolutely right. There's uh, so much more that we could do, and that I believe President Trump should do, as far as foreign policy is concerned. And we do appreciate your call. We're going to move on as we got a full bank of By the callers. Way, Don, thank you. It was, it was yeah. a good conversation. All right, absolutely. We have in Washington, I believe Washington State. Welcome to the Hagman Report. Right. Are you there? Yes, no, we are. No, we're not. <laughs> no, I'm hoping you talk to your neighbor. You, you know, he, 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 for some reason, <laughs> he gets angry when I do that. 
no, <laughs> okay. I don't want to piss them off. Excuse me. Okay. I have a story about child molesting, if you want to hear it. <laughs> I don't think years anybody ago. wants to hear it. <laughs> well, it's terrible, but it, it's germane. 35 years ago, and I am in rural redoubt, we had multiple incidents of child molesting by two different male individuals. They were connected. One was the, the ringleader type of individual. Three groups, three pairs of parents went to the county sheriff and said, hey, we got a problem here. The county sheriff was old school Democrat. He was Seventh-day Adventist. And he said, tell me. And they did. And he said, all right, you have a decision to make. And they're like, huh? And he said, you can fill out the paperwork, file a complaint. It might <clears throat> get pursued. They might go to court. They might be get found guilty. They might go to jail. Or they can die in a fiery car crash. Man after my own heart. So... We had a, a local community meeting, bearing in mind 35 years ago, counterculture community. Okay. And I could not believe the number of people who said, oh, oh, they shouldn't go to jail. And I'm like, are you out of your mind? These kids have been adversely affected for the rest of their lives. And I said flat out, if the governor will sign the warrant, I will put those bastards down in a heartbeat, and I will sleep well at night. No pain, right? No torture put them down but the, the the reaction to that was a schism in the community because there are these people and they're still here who are you know they're the communist contingent and i live in a rural community this is everywhere that's it um let me ask you this what was their reasoning behind not wanting to punish these predators left-wing um liberal mental illness <laughs> what, what did okay. they want to do with them? Did they want to... Uh, seriously. Did, Counseling. I, well, I mean, let, let me at them. Here's, Go ahead. I, I understand. You, you, you're in my corner. Here's the deal. These people say, oh, that would be cruel. Uh, wait a minute, guys. What about the kids? At that time, we learned that there was about a 1% success rate for sexual... Um, um, what do you call it? Uh, for, for rehabilitation. Right, one yeah. percent fixing them. Yeah, it, okay. it ain't gonna fixing work. Right. right, fixing them. And guess what? If the one percent guy gets put down, I'm going to attribute that to collateral damage and say, "Man, I'm sorry, but guess what? You will never ever do that again." When do we draw the line and say, oh. "Guys," and whether it's transgender, whether it's all this other stuff that's at us, they're all little pieces of a big pie. Yeah. And the communists have been very successful. Hello. <laughs> no, you, you know, DB, you make such a, so many great points. Uh, you go back, uh, you know, three plus decades, and you talk about this and where we are today. Isn't it interesting the direct correlation between the perversity of the homosexual, the LGBTQ, PRST, what agenda there, and the the increase in the uh, the child uh, uh, rape and assault—it's just—it's just incredible. So you make a great point. Uh, well, maybe you can run for attorney the, general. The, <laughs> the communist—I was a teenage thespian. Consequently, I can. Anyway. Um, well, the, well, <laughs> you, you were rehabilitated though from uh, being a thespian, right? I've I've still been known to to uh, well, talk like maybe I'm eighty years old. I mean, what the heck? 
Anyway, what we, we I got people going out, We have people out there saying, wait a minute, you, you're a thespian. You can't be. You're a guy. But it's all right. Well, they don't understand the term. Look it up. Right. Yeah. I, I own about uh, 15 dictionaries. But anyway, uh, I'm also a geriatric student pilot. How about that? I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that gives me the warm fuzzies there, brother. Oh, man, I love it. What's What would be better or worse than dying in a, dying in a fiery plane crash? And we're all terminal. True, true. Your last prayer, man. Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> Look, when you when you when you pass when you when you pass, can you give me a can you come pick me up and we'll go for a ride? Absolutely, buddy. Uh, but I won't do gas. it until I'm competent and capable. All right. Uh, I only fly on Lear jets and uh, no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But no, that'd be fun. Seriously, that'd be good job. Um, no, I, life is great. good. You know, I, I retired and and uh, we ranch and. Uh, you know, we're trying to, to uh, we've spent 30 years hunkering down. We live in the Redoubt. We yep. moved to the Redoubt before it was the Redoubt. And we have multiple, multiple skill sets. And when the fecal matter hits the oscillator, yeah, what do we have? Faith and prayer. And in your case, uh, a license to fly. So. <laughs> yeah, but you know what it's made of? Aluminum. Sheet metal aluminum. <laughs> 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 they ain't much holding you up there. Anyway, well, hey, thanks for everything thanks, you guys brother. do. DB from Washington, God bless you, my friend. Thank you so very We're much. We're in the redoubt. Thanks, guys. Amen. All right. Adios. Thanks well, for the call. You know what? Our, our our callers, you guys are great. You guys are really great. I guess we have like yeah, we got we got a lot more callers. So uh, we do. We got a we have time. next. We have Dave in New York. Dave in New York. Welcome to the Hagman Report. Yes, sir. Thank you very much, fellas. Uh, Doug and Joe. Joe, a week and a half or so, I, go, or I wrote you a letter. I didn't know if I had the right address. Uh, I asked the Lord over the last six months some different questions about UFOs and aliens and the Vatican and Lucifer, and I didn't know if you got the letter. Uh, would you be interested in me sending that to you? Did you get the letter? Um, we might have got the no, letter I, in the I, studio. I know I'm not sure. About. Oh, we did get, uh, did we get the uh, letter? Yeah. Uh, give me, I'll tell you what, give me your uh, um, county. Give what? Yeah, tell me your county, the county in which you live. Uh, Perkimer, New yep. York. Okay. Yep. I, I, I know exactly. Yep. Yep. Uh, uh now, uh, okay. Did you say Herkimer? Yeah. Her, the mine is the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I know. Okay. Um, the Her- the yeah. The diamond mine burnt down last year. They did what? It burnt down? The diamond mine burnt down. Some, uh, they don't know what caused it. Wow. So yeah, we've been there a few times. Yeah. We used to love going up to Herkimer and, and the Herkimer Diamonds and, and just taking our hammer up there and <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Uh the other no, thing uh, is uh, uh in two thousand make it quick, in two thousand seventeen I hand out a lot of gospel tracts and booklets from Little Red Book in Rochester, New York. And uh I asked the Lord uh, I said it'd be very encouraging. Uh in two thousand seventeen I handed out twelve thousand seventy five booklets and gospel tracts. I never kept track of them before. So I asked the Lord in October of 2017, I said, Lord, it would be encouraging if you'd tell me how many people will someday be in heaven because of what you had me do in handing out your gospel, the power of God, and the salvation. And the Lord uh, spoke to my spirit and said, that was in October, 142. And then later, in the beginning of 2018, I asked the Lord sort of give me an update, how many for the total for 2017, and he said 162. 
Well, then I pushed it a little bit. I said, Lord, 2018, you know how many tracts and booklets I'm going to hand out. So what will be the count for 2018 if you care to tell me? And he said, the 218. So that was really a blessing and encouraging. So I, I'm age uh, 76, and I just love to hand out the gospel. And uh, people are really blind to the way of salvation. They count on their good works and, and things like that for obtaining salvation along with their belief in Jesus. But their trust has totally got to be 100% in Jesus and Jesus only, nothing else. Go ahead, guys. Well, amen, Dave, and, and you keep up the, the great work. That's, we gotta keep our, put our foot, feet on the ground and, and, you know, continue to do what we're called to do. And we, uh, appreciate listeners like you putting those plans into action and, 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 and I recommend him to hook up with, uh, Coach Dave. Would you? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I don't know if you know Coach Dave Dobmeyer, but boy, you'd be an asset on his team. You really would. Yeah. Um, What's, what's your official address if I want to write to you? I use the investigative one. I didn't. I didn't that, that's the that is the official. The, I, I, uh, it's a PO box. It's on the front of our our, our website. It's uh, okay. the Hagman Report is the official subsidiary. Or I'm sorry, yeah, it's the official subsidiary of Hagman Investigative Services Incorporated. So, and we are not a, a nonprofit. Huh? I don't miss you guys' show. I love it. I really am excited yeah. about all you guys do and serving well, the Lord and everything. Else. You know, it, it's people, it's people like you. Thank you so very much, uh, Dave. It's, it's a pleasure hearing from you. I love your, uh, love the area that, uh, where you, where you're at. And, uh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Spent a lot of time up there. Yeah, we did. Dave, thank you so much. We have next call. Another Dave reminds me of a local, uh, job commercial we have where they, I don't know if you've heard it. Don't be a Dave where they make fun of. No. Okay. It's funny. You can be a Dave. Yeah. You can be a Dave. Dave from Washington. Welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Good to hear you. Yeah, I watch you guys often. This is great. Um, what, I'm, what I want to talk about or bring forward is the fact that we recognize the huge world today, and we also recognize how small it is. And there's, a, there's an app that, that you can get that will show you the YouTubes, the streaming that is done all over the world. So the world's a real small place, and we were promised to move off this world to visit to go into the stars and it hasn't done it hasn't happened we're in an enclosed environment and it's really it's really small so what's happening is the predators are dividing up the sandbox they're grabbing everything they can you say wow well then you take a look at the four horsemen the pale horse it's also called the green horse which is the muslims are adding to the to the fracas so we have a full, full-blown Luciferian attack, and he's going to expose himself with the toxic environment. And we all understand what's going under us subconsciously. There's nowhere to go. So what happens when you can't get out of the sandbox? You start fighting among each other. So all of a sudden, we have the tree of life and the tree of evil being exposed to everybody. And then we're going to have to reach deep inside and connect with Father, Mother Divine, God Divine. And, you know, what what can I say? Move into the next realm. How am I doing? Well, uh, absolutely that, you know, we are definitely in interesting times. We, uh, you know, see the Bible prophecy writing on the wall of, uh, as far as this end times, uh, 
Antichrist kingdom being established from all the perversion and everything that we see being elevated in our society and the way God's being thrown out of our society. And you're right, it is um, uh, a big uh, divide-and-conquer type uh, mentality and, and, and practice. Yeah, and have. he said it earlier, too. Can you imagine everyone using the, 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 the tools of the beast to spread the gospel, using YouTube to spread the gospel? Man, absolutely. We can win on the numbers. We we can win on the numbers. Now, my my recent studies and my contemplations have kind of determined that what Lucifer has done on this plane, because Jesus himself said that I am not of this world. He said that to Pilate prior to his crucifixion, and he said that to Lucifer when he took him to the mountain. And he said. This is not my world. I will not pray to you. This is Lucifer's realm. And he's creating this chaos that we have. We have the chaos of the law-abiding and those that think the laws are meant to be broken. And so this fight is going on. And that chaos is creating this emotional stir, which is, in some areas, is called louche. And that is what these Lucifer and his Satan and his bunch live off of, or they enjoy. And so they're turning it on. So when we're deep in the fight and we have fear coming up, that's when Lucifer is able to grab us or grab those that are not calm and grab those people and deceive them and saying, I will give you victory. I will give you this material goodie, but you have to continue to pray to me. And they do. And recognize that how many people, even Bob Dylan said, you know, I have to pay the man. And Katy Perry said, I sold my soul to the devil. Well, yep. this is essentially what's yep. going on. And You're 100% to... right, man. It, yeah. It's very eloquently stated, I, I will say. And you, again, prove our audience is intellectually superior to those who watch, uh, you know, the uh, MSNBCs of, of, of the world. Thanks. we, we got to move on. Uh, we appreciate your call. God bless you. Yeah, we still job. have a, a full bank of callers. So, Dave, our, our producers are going. Would you? Would you? Hurry up! <laughs> so sorry about that. So thanks, we got uh, that. Debbie, then Eric, then John coming up next. So we're going to go to Debbie first in New York. And by the way, if your name is is David Hogg, we'll put you to the front of the line, and you got to be the real David no, Hogg. We won't. No, because I want to talk to that boy. All right, go ahead. We have Debbie from New York. Debbie, welcome to the show. Hi, Doug and, and Joe. Um, I just want to say I absolutely adore you guys. Um, you are a real blessing to us. And uh, uh, a few weeks ago, you had uh, Michael Terrell on for Whole Tones. Right. And uh, my daughter is a recovering um, heroin addict, and um, she's going through a lot of counseling. She has uh, PTSD, and... Um, you guys were talking to Michael, and he was saying something about um, how whole tones works, even your subconscious mind. And it's God just told me, you know, go in the house and give the recordings to my daughter, because I had bought them like a year ago, and I just forgot about them. And she, every night, she would have terrible, terrible nightmares. And um, I gave her the recordings, and... She put it on, and she slept through the night uh, beautifully. She woke up the next morning. She had a smile on her face, 
And I said, how'd you sleep? And she says, Mom, I've never had a better sleep since, you know, I've been recovered. And um, since then, she's been using it every night. Two nights she missed, and both nights she had terrible nightmares again. Wow. And it was, that is, to me, a miracle. Um, Her whole attitude has changed her whole everything um she wakes up with a smile in the morning um she gets my granddaughter off to school and if she happens to miss the bus she doesn't you know get real grouchy at her or anything and it's just worked a real miracle in her life um I, I'm, I'm so glad so to grateful. hear that i'm you know, yeah because uh, you wow. you guys were talking and and um Somebody said something about, you know, if it works at night in the subconscious and stuff, and it definitely does. It you definitely know, uh, look, does. We've, we've noticed that here. Uh, I talk to people all the time. You know, you've got to experience it to really understand it. And th- this is the other half of this. People, you know, we can talk about problems. We can talk about drug addiction. We can talk about the PTSD. But uh, Michael right. Terrell, get, uh, using this product is a solution, and thank you for sharing that because there are a lot of people in that position. And you, exactly, you just, uh, she yeah. has. Uh, she even took it to her counselor, and she told her counselor about it about because she went in t- into her session and she was just so upbeat and happy. And her counselor is like, "Well, what's going on?" She says. My mother gave me this music, this frequency music, and she goes, I've been sleeping tremendously. So we took a copy and gave it to her, and um, hopefully she'll be able to pass that message on to other patients that, you know, this really works. And um, we also gave it to a friend of ours from Bible study who does um, the homeopathic um, oils and stuff like that. She has a whole business that does that. And um, she's been giving my daughter like certain oils and things like that to try to, you know, adjust her system. And um, we we gave one to her and said, you know, you got to listen to this. You know, when people come in and you take care of them, you know, hopefully this will help them too. So, I mean, we're spreading the word and, and it's it's like, it really has just worked a miracle for her. Yeah, thank you. And, and, and God bless so her grateful, and you. So grateful for that. And the whole backstory of how he got that music is just amazing i mean our god is yeah. so good <laughs> I'll, t- I'll tell you it, so, it is it's a god thing i, I mean I, I don't mean to be trite about it but but it is exactly. and, and, and thank you for sharing that because again there are so many people out there who, who are suffering and you know our hearts oh, go yes. out to them oh and yes boy your your story is Man, thank you for yes, sharing yes, that. Yes, she's she's two years recovered. Um, you know, she's in all the therapy that she she could be in, and uh, you know, we pray every day. We go to church, in Bible study, and all that. And God's sure. really, you know, he's he's really in deep into her. Um, even her counselor is amazed at the strength of her faith, and you know, yeah. the, the, our our friends in Bible study and stuff. They just you know, she's such an inspiration. Um, but this has really, really helped her out so much. Um, well, and, that's great. You know, I'm just so grateful. I am very grateful. And well, I have one question for great. you guys. Are you going to sure. show up at Branson in September? You betcha. Yep, we're going to be there. Are you really? Yes, yes. No, uh, not speaking, but we will no, be in no. attendance. 
Uh, I, I was there last oh, year yeah. with my I wife. I can't wait. Yeah, I bought yeah. my tickets, and I, I am just so excited about that. And I'm thinking, I hope that the Hagmans are there. <laughs> well, i got to tell you something. Steve, Qu- i got to tell you. Well, I can't I can't tell you what the surprise is. There's going to be something that's going to be so fascinating, so unbelievably great in Branson. Um, oh, I know I what it is. Wait. But it, those people who go there, you're just going to be absolutely blown away by it. So uh, th- thank oh, you on gosh, both counts. I can't wait. Yeah. Oh, I, <laughs> well, and, and I can't you know what? wait to, to meet you guys. We'll, we'll, we'll look us up and uh, we'll we'll uh, we'll buy a coffee or something. Okay. Oh, that's great. I'd, I'd really right. enjoy that. All right. God All right. bless you. Have a good night. God bless you. All right. Bye bye. Wow. You know, again, uh, look, folks. Uh, sponsor WholeTonesFree dot com. Uh, was talking about this. Look, this stuff works. The the, the sponsors that 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 we have. We have the sponsors because they work, and I want to tell you something too. Um, no, you know what? I'm not going to. I'm not going to waste any. Let's go with calls. All right. Up next, we have Eric from California. Eric, welcome to the Hagman Report. Hey guys, how you doing? Good. What's up? What's up? Hello. Yep. Is this thing on? Oh, Hello. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yep. I can hear you guys. You guys got me. Gotcha. Okay. We can see hey, you. I just Okay, all right. Well, hey, I appreciate your guys' show. I listen to you guys every time I can, especially with a wife and four kids. But I uh, do what I can do. But I I wanted to say uh, thank you for everything you guys do. And uh, I wanted to talk to you guys as far as some of the stuff you guys talk about. I think it's fantastic. Um, Listen to a lot of of guests you have on. And uh, one of them was Stan Dale as far as... uh, EMP stuff goes and things like that and uh, I kind of wanted to hear a little bit more about you guys as far as uh, your opinions as far as prepping um, okay these EMP things and um, nah and don't prepping. prep I, I, nah you know well, they're, they're, don't prep I'll tell you what Live like live like today's your last day. Don't prep. Right. Just, Absolutely. Just, no, I agree with you there. No, no. Uh, believe me, I, brother. I'm kidding. So, uh, I, I, I I say that because. I know it can be a personal issue too, which a lot of people don't want to talk about, especially if you're on the air. I can understand that, but uh, well, no, I think brother, it's important to talk about. You guys do. Well, here's Um, what we do. I look up to you guys a lot, and I kind of, you know, I'd like to know what what your guys' opinion is on it. I hear a lot of other people's, but what what do you guys consist of? Okay, here, here's what we do, just in a nutshell. Um, we believe okay. in the possibility of an EMP attack, or we believe that there will be a time, whether it's by storm or some other calamity, natural disaster, or man-made, that we're going to need preparation. So very simply, here's what we do. We take uh, a, a, we take a percentage of, uh, like, for example, me. I'll take a percentage of my weekly paycheck, put it aside, or use it for hardening purposes and by that I mean food long-term right. storable food um, right. and I can uh, junk silver or silver uh, although that's you know I, I do my best there gold that's out of my range uh, but the yeah, food kind of mine too, you, you know but but do things I guess do things like our grandparents did them yeah I mean, right. that's, that's pretty much 
the the line. You know? As far as stacking up food and spending ten dollars extra a week uh, at the grocery store, you know, uh, getting things mm-hmm. to to store up, uh, grow food where you can. Uh, you know, make sure you right. have supplies in your car, from blankets to uh, things to stay warm right. to emergency water. Just uh, it's not one big action; it's constant a number of of small actions you take and build up over time, and and that's really what we do. Um, we don't yeah. have any, you know, bunkers or uh, warehouses of stuff, right. just like anybody else. You, you accumulate it slowly yeah. and keep at it. Yeah, you got to live a life too. I understand absolutely. But, but, but you know, you, you can go absolutely, you know, nuts overboard on this. And yeah, I know a you, couple of people like that. Yeah, but that, that's a little too much, you know. When but you said you have four, you got four kids, though, right? And whatnot too. I do. You, I have four girls. Okay. So, so here's what I would recommend for you and for anyone else who has children. Don't think about yourself as much as think about their needs and your wife's needs. Um, well, that's just it. That's that is it. the reason why I kind of was thinking about prepping and whatnot, this and that. And I've, I've listened to your show a lot with Stan Dio and, and whatnot. And I, I have purchased a couple things, you know, um, EMP proof in the vehicle and whatnot. And I, you know, that's, uh, that was another something I wanted to ask you guys about. If you have talked to anybody who's installed one or put one in their vehicle and, uh, I yes. think that's a good way to go too. Um, yeah, there's different well, ways of doing it, but uh, it's it's just something to the, prepare for. And uh, the EMP you know. shield that Stan Dale, if you go to HagmanReport.com, click on the link to the EMP shield. It's a good that's investment. That's exactly where I got it from. It's from right. you guys, and uh, it's a good investment. Uh, it, is. The, it is. The electrician who installed mine at my home said, "You know what? Uh, you're smart in doing this." Uh, yeah. So. Uh, and, and he gave me kind of a lengthy explanation, but the bottom line is, do what you can, and it was it was relatively right. inexpensive. But uh, you work yeah. hard for what you have, you know. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, well, I appreciate it, guys. And uh, you know, I was wondering if you guys had any T-shirts by chance. I know I see coffee mugs and other stuff, but a T-shirt we, would be. We, you I'll tell you what. About making any of those, or they're coming out soon. But do me a favor. Um, send uh, send an email. With your name, okay, uh, okay, to studio at Hagman and Hagman dot com, and put in the okay. subject line caller, um, and your first name because we, we've got a recording okay. here, and then give us your address and your size, and okay. uh, I'll make sure you're you're the first one when when, when we get them, um, you'll be the first one to get a t shirt, okay? I'm sure a lot of people would buy them. They'd be you know stands out. All right. I think Indeed, it's all right with you guys. But thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely, thank Thanks, you very bro. much. All right, Doug and Joe, and you know we don't see Eric much, but thanks, Eric too. So yeah, he's All he's right. gonna be wired up pretty soon uh, for yeah. for his voice. All right, brother. Well, thank nice you, time. Eric. You have okay. a good night, and thanks for the call. We're gonna go next to John in Texas. John in Texas, you're live on the Hagman Report. Hello, I just had a quick question for you. Okay. And, uh, okay, and it, it's um, for Doug. Doug, have you seen an increase? in the number of requests for investigations for uh, fraud against senior citizens uh, in recent time? <laughs> what makes you ask that question? Because the answer is yes. Why? Well, I, w- I the next question <laughs> is um, related, of course, what kind of increases are you seeing percentage wise from past years? 
I, I can't put a number to it, but I'll, I'll say this. The number of uh, scammers out there appears to be on the rise, and oh, yeah. they are, they, they're predators against the elderly, and their target is the bank book, the savings, and access to whatever... Look, the older the older I get, the the less I understand computers. Okay, I can barely function with a cell phone. They take advantage of that, and we get we get so many calls into the investigative office. Um, I've been you know I've been taken for as little as thirty four dollars. That was just the other day. You know what can I do? And to, to many, thirty four dollars is a lot of money. But. Um, but yes, so to answer your question, yes, and it's more on the. Electronic I would side. like I would like to um, communicate with you offline, and I will send you something to your post office box, if possible. Yes, please do. Okay, please do. And I would like to communicate offline. Thank you. Okay. Thank God you. God bless you. Um, my name is John. Thank you, John. All right. I'll be Thanks looking for, for that, John. And, and by the way, folks, uh, please be very wary. Um, we have seen, and this is not a lie, we've seen a, a marked increase in the predatory behavior of people, especially targeting uh, senior citizens, and it's very disturbing, well, to they, say the least. They, they look at senior citizens as easy targets, uh, people who are more likely to fall victims to these yeah. things. And, yeah. and then you have the other aspect of that when people who are around elderly people uh, whether it's bullying or, or beating or stealing medication, there's all a whole number of ways that so we see senior citizens, uh, you know, become victims of abuse and, and theft and other things. And I, I was talking to, uh, I was just talking to, and you know who this guy is, 007 down there on 10th Street. You, you know, Denny, right? Mm-hmm. Just talking to him and, and, in fact, gave him a case that, uh, we couldn't handle. So, anyway. You're, you guys, you guys need a moment or what? The spoof, Eric said, you know, the spoof calls we get all the time from the phony IRS calls to the telemarketers to, uh, people, yeah, to student loans to, you know, what, car, uh, I, uh, what it was the one I get all the time. Oh, your car warranty's gonna expire, which never had a car warranty. Let me, let me share this with you guys, folks, because this is critical. This is important. Uh, I got a phone call at my office and it was from our electric company and my father-in-law who's got Alzheimer's he is living with my wife's sister which would be my sister-in-law and this call from the phone company gave his name gave his address and said that he was $174.58 behind on his electric bill now how much? $174.58 behind on his electric bill and you might have heard the call No, I got a call today from the same number now, now hold on a second now so and I don't owe them uh, any money. Look, I, I just okay. Paid. Well, look, I, I consider myself like a reasonably intelligent guy when it comes to this. And I'm listening to this. This it was a recording. And if you want to make a payment, press one. If you want to uh, do whatever, if you've already made a payment, press seven. Or if you want to talk to an operator about your account, press zero. And I'm thinking, all right. Or if you want to make a payment over the phone, there's a two dollar charge. Now me not knowing what's going on, so. I press zero to talk to the operator or to, to a representative. And this person had all my father-in-law's information. Did they ask you to answer security questions or no. verify who you were? And I was like this close to giving them, to pay them. I know because they called two days in a row and I remember the yeah. conversation. Don't do anything yet. I don't want to see what's going on. And, and, and they my, called again the next day. My wife, she's like, no, no, idiot, hang up. 
And so I'm like, oh, I didn't know this. So I hung up and she said, it's a scam. And I'm thinking, man, they've really come a long way in scamming people. That's uh, weird because, uh, you see, I got a call just today from don't, don't that do number. That, guys. And it's a local utility company. They're, rep- they're, they're saying they represent it. And last time I got a call, I checked my bill and I still owed like 117 bucks. I actually, I didn't call that number back. I called the other uh, actual local utility. Right, right, right. The, 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 so I did yeah, owe yeah. money. So I paid that off. It was just like a two, 10 days ago, maybe. And then I got a call today and I haven't listened to the message. I knew what, I recognize the number. So I say, okay, what, what could possibly be the problem with my account? And I look at the transcribed voicemail and it says, you know, this is blah, blah. You right. owe us money. There's an right. important change on your account coming, meaning that if uh, they're trying to say we owe them money and you need to, to pay this money, yep. but I know for a fact I don't owe them any money. So, but, but be be very careful. And, and it sounds reverse, real. I, I'm going to tell you if if I almost got duped, you know, thank God for my wife who who uh, researched that whole process and understood. And I'm just thinking about my father-in-law. I guess you know I'm I'm in that in that right. zone thinking, oh my gosh, you know. So I, they caught me at a vulnerable moment. And that, by the way, to, to the individual out there. Uh, this is a message to you out there, no, not the caller, but the individual who, uh, who, who is, who put me through hell, uh, because of my father-in-law. Okay. It ain't over. It ain't over, lady. All right. Let's go to James in Michigan. James, thanks for holding. Welcome to the Hagman Report. Yeah. Hello. Uh, I was just going to, I wanted to tell you both, uh, I watched you in the early years, or, or I'm sorry, I listened to you in the early years, and uh, then I had to take a break for a while and uh, because of phone issues, and then I came back, and I cannot believe how professional and the improvement of both of you, and I just praise God that you guys are doing the Lord's work. Thank you very much. Well, thank you, and it's it's something to hear that. Look, this is a team effort. You know, um, we're here because I guess we're supposed to be here, and God put together, in my view, God put together a, a great team, Eric the Tech and John and Joe and I. And you know what? We're just uh-huh. we're just we're just here. But but thank you for that observation. And we're doing our best. Um, oh, you're doing awesome. It's you know, just it's. It pickles me, and, and really, especially Joe, the progress that he's made. It's just, I'm proud of him. <laughs> you know, well, and it, uh, I don't know how that happens, another, but thank you. Hey, I had another uh, thing I wanted to talk about. When I happened to be standing in front of my TV watching the news, when I saw the announcement that Trump had our President Trump, I should say, um, announced that Israel or Jerusalem was the capital of Israel and that uh, the two-state solution was off the table. Was that prophecy unfolding in front of me? Well, you can call Bill Salas, you can call John McTernan, you can call Steve Quayle, everybody we've had on, I think. It's a resounding yes, and... Uh, we are living in some exciting times, aren't we? Amen. That's awesome. It really is. I, you know, I, I, oh. I just I couldn't believe it. You know, there, all these presidents have promised to do it, and 
finally we had one with enough backbone to really go through with it. Amen. And and that's it. I mean, that takes some. That takes guts to me. To to me, that takes some some serious guts because look, if I'm sitting behind the resolute desk there, and I'm thinking, okay, if I do this, you know, this could happen. But I would also be thinking, if I don't do this, uh, so I believe that it was it's God at work through a man, and that man. I know when I saw it on. Amen. When I saw it on the television, I took three steps back and said, oh, my God. Yep. And it was just incredible. I couldn't believe it. Well, yeah. I'll let you guys go. I mean, I appreciate well, thank you. you taking my call. And uh, keep up the good work, working for the Lord. I love it. Well, th- thank you so much. And it's because of you and people such as yourself that we've grown this way. And it's because of God that that put together this team. And uh, yeah. and as, as God wills it, we'll continue. So thank you so very much. We really appreciate Amen. you. All right. You're welcome. Thanks, Jim. Thank you. In, in, you know, Joe, Rush Limbaugh said that, uh, I remember him saying this one time, that it's the caller's job to make the host look great. Now, I'm sure he said that, you know, kind of fun-like, uh, but it's in my view. You know what? It's it's the caller's job to tell the host what's on their mind, and it's for us to listen. It has nothing to do with yeah, I, I just, to every one of you who have called or are calling or, thank you for doing so. Thank you for being part of our show. So I'll Absolutely. Show Go ahead. Next up, we have Nate from California. Nate, thanks for holding. You're live on the Hagman Report. Yeah, um, <clears throat> so I'm just wondering with all the, uh, uh all right, why, Nate? why are we even getting a, yeah, I'm fine. Why are we even getting involved with this war if it's clearly it's clearly Israel's deal, not ours? And just because we have just because we have APEC and a whole bunch, of, you know, and a whole bunch of dual Israeli citizens in our government, like that doesn't mean I don't I don't know why. Why do you think we're getting involved in this war? Because it's the right thing to do in this case. In this case, I now this is my personal opinion. It could be different from Joe and no, Eric and yours. Well, adding, okay. But adding in, adding into all the people dying is the right thing to do. All right. What do we do? What, what would you do, Nate? Let me ask you. What would you do? What would I do? I would, yeah. I would. I would say. I would say Israel. That's your problem. If you want to go to war, you can go fight it yourself. And uh, all, right, all right. Okay. Let me ask you. Let me I let me ask it differently. Nate, if you if you had a friend that lived across town, and their neighbors every day, they're not an ally. They use us. What have they done for us in the last I don't know how many decades? We we we're literally paying to give their citizens wealth. We're paying for their citizens' welfare with foreign aid before we are even. We don't even know how many homeless people we have in this country. Like we're not even bothering with any of that. We're taking care of them first and us second. Can we do both? Uh, so far, it doesn't look like it, no. I would have think we could do both, but it doesn't look like we're doing both. I mean, Trump was supposed to be doing both, but, you know, what? That, that's not how it's playing out. We, we, you know, you're supposed to be putting America first, but that's not how it's happening. Nate, I, in theory, okay, at, at its core, I, I do believe in what you're saying. I, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't believe that we should involve ourselves in foreign entanglements. I, I do believe that. However, I think the 
the last 70 years plus, we have set ourselves up. and We, we have created the, this situation where, uh, in, in the case of Israel, where we kind of have to help them, uh, back them up. I mean, look, it's I, not a simple answer, but, but uh, I, it's not I, a simple answer. And, go ahead. And Nate, I understand right, where you're coming right, from, and I, I agree to a great extent that we should not continue to push this globalist agenda through, you know, by just, uh, re- removing the remaining countries that stand against this new world order. Because the U.S. has liberty, I two agendas here. There's the globalist agenda, then there's the agenda of what Americans want. But the globalists will take that agenda that Americans want and package it into their agenda. So Americans who are, you know, supportive of Israel and supportive of, uh, you know, not not having these huge international conflicts are going to want to see a resolution at the same time they're progressing their globalist agenda, uh, you know, on that uh, America First agenda. So it's a very convoluted situation. I don't agree that we should be getting engaged with a, a war with Iran, uh, but. Just like uh, we we see for so many years in the past, this is the direction they're going, and and Russia and China are next after Iran. So, so I'm just thinking because I know that a lot of your callers seem to have been like you know they they seem to be kind of like you know Christian and stuff. Um, maybe uh, you know I'm just thinking before they blindly you know want to do everything for Israel because they think that their religions are related or whatever. They you know they should go see like. They should just take a second to see how Christian preachers are treated in Israel. You know, like they, they should just just look into that yeah. for themselves. There's a and a, on and on top of that, they should. Uh, sorry, what? No, Israel is a lot different than for people who haven't researched the culture there. There's so many people that I mean, there are Christians in Israel, but the majority of people hate Jesus there. They they mock him and make fun of him and. It's uh, it's eye-opening if you and go watch some videos about the culture. Their Talmud, their Talmud says that his mother was a whore and that he's boiling in he's boiling in semen and poop in hell, screaming out above all else, bless the Jews. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but I swear to any of your callers who doubt it, read their own holy scriptures. It's called the Talmud. But anyway, yeah. it's. You know, before I get out, before I waste so much time on this, I'm just saying, you know, I, I just think it's dumb that we have so many people who just want to be nice to everyone and these people don't even want to be nice back. So, like, what are we doing? And, <clears throat> um, the, uh, I don't, sorry, what were you going to say? Um, I didn't mean no, to nothing, nothing. Uh, go ahead, Nate, because we, we only got a few minutes left and we got one more call, so go for it. Alright, um, yeah, I mean, they, so it's all your, you know, evangelical callers that think that they're all this good stuff, you know, the, you know, read, you know, if you're, if you're gonna look at it from like religion and stuff, you know, read, read your Bible and say that, that like these, you know, first of all, see how you're, see how they treat Christians over there, it's, it's, it's not good, and then see, they don't even like, they don't even like us, I don't know why so much of us like them, and they, like, and if you read your Bible, it says that the Antichrist is going to be a Jew, and, like... Okay, there I disagree with you. Yeah, I, I, you, you should, cite me okay. scripture oh, and verse. He, right, he's going to reveal himself in Jerusalem at the third temple or whatever, you know, like, okay. what's... Yeah, I, I get I get the third temple, or I get the temple, I get all that, but, 
Go ahead. We, no, look, we, no, we, I'm going to put you back on hold, and we're going to go to the next caller here. But I'll say this. Uh, regardless of how Christians are treated, the Bible tells us of how we need to treat others. And we do appreciate your point of view. And this is a uh, very highly uh, contested issue when you talk about Israel and Scripture. It seems that nobody has uh, you know, the the answers that other people want to hear and it's uh going to continue that way unfortunately well look i think but, you made your point uh, very yeah. very well very well stated so we have one caller left we have kathy and i don't have a location for you but you're the last caller on hold kathy welcome to the hagman report thank you for taking my call thanks I for wanted to say calling. you guys are amazing and i agree with everybody how wonderful you are and as far as the rush limbaugh comment that you made you don't need anybody on a phone call to make you look amazing and awesome. <laughs> you guys are great. I love your speakers. I agree with job. Nate a lot. Um, I, As Pastor Langford said last night, we are to pray for Jerusalem. And that's as much as I think that we should do, because I think the United States has a real big problem being everybody's you know, for the, we police the world. We're, we're shelling out, you know, billions and billions and billions of dollars all over the place. And at what point do we say uncle? There are so many homeless and starving men, women, and children, American citizens. I'm not even talking about people who are here illegally. I'm talking about American citizens and not to mention our vets. I don't think that our vets are treated well enough. I think that no, not at all. Now, now you you treated. stated what Nate wanted to say, I believe, and I think you you stated it very well. You're right. Well, thank right. you. And I'm really excited to hear that you're going to be in Branson because I got my ticket white some time ago, and I'm so looking forward to it. No one would go with me last year, and so I didn't go. And no one wanted to go, and I said, I'm not missing out. I'll go by myself, and if I have to sleep in my car, I'll sleep in my car. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm going. So I'm really excited that you're well, going to you, be there. You ain't sleeping I in your car. I get to see you. And, and I'll pick you You're not sleeping in your car, and if need be, I'll pick you up on the way. How's that? Oh, no, no. I can drive down. Like I said, i got to have my car because I'm probably going to sleep in my car. Because no, 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 no. You're not going to sleep in your car. You need you, you send an email to, to me with your with your name on the subject line. We'll make sure you're taken care of, okay? Because no, if you're going go no, to go... No, I, no, no. You're, you, you're amazing. You do so much. You're wonderful. You know, I, 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 I love your program. When you, may I ask one more thing? How can I get you your program other than YouTube. I can't get it by going to the Hagman Report, you know, and I have one of the, my son got this so-called smart TV. I use that term very loosely because I think all of that stuff makes us much dumber. But I can't ever find you on the radio. Like, I was out and I missed most of tonight's program and I, all I wanted to do was get home, get home, get home. But I don't know how to find you any other way than on YouTube. Okay. And can can you go to Hagman Report? YouTube into my I, living room. I don't mean to overtalk you, but we're we're, we're shy on no, time I here. Can can, can you get can you go to HagmanReport.com and click on the upper uh, the button in the upper left corner where it says listen or the radio or it says radio show? I haven't been able to yet, but I'll keep trying. Okay. I, well, uh, Steve Quayle had a link, and I was able to listen to it that way. 
but okay. then Steve Quill took your link down. But I'll keep trying. No radio stations in Missouri that uh, no, we're on? not. We're we're on we a got very a very limited yeah. amount of radio stations. It's the uh, the Global Star satellite feed. You can hear us live uh, on YouTube on the on Global Star as well through Hagman Report, well, and you can us hear us archived on iTunes and SoundCloud and all the other uh, archivable uh, places. But at listening live, you're gonna have to find one of the the links. But, uh, but from Global do, Star. do us a favor. Send us an email. Okay. Okay. Studio at Hagman. Okay. And Hagman.com, studio at Hagman, Hagman.com, in the subject line, how to listen, or something like that. We will okay. personally, I will personally make sure that you are able to listen every night from any platform. I will walk you through it. I guarantee it. Thank you so much. I'm not real computer literate myself. <laughs> well, so, am I, so. I really appreciate that. God bless you. Thank you for the call. And I'm so excited that I got to talk to you guys. And I'm really oh. looking forward to seeing you in September. Oh, uh, it's gonna be great. And, and uh, it is. Uh, or, uh, anyone who goes, I'll, I'll buy a cup of coffee. I'm serious. Uh, folks, right. how do you like, how do you like the calls? Uh, in the chat, yeah, one more. if you like, one if you like calls, if you like open lines. And if you don't like open lines, just, just, just don't say anything. Well, that's not, that's not a, that's not a good way to, to measure. Well, why not? You should have a response for both. Like we said, one for, you okay, like the well, calls and, and you two for not liking the calls. Or not like taking the calls, not the right. calls, right. But, but seriously, we had a great time. I had a great time tonight. Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. And, uh, we, we used to take calls all the time. And since we kind of moved to the video platform, we've really stopped doing that. But we can incorporate it more into each, uh, week of shows. So we will make time to do that at least once a week, half hour or hour. So we can schedule it in moving forward. We are, Completely out of time. Well, we were out of time two minutes us. ago. So we will be back tomorrow. Have a good night.